Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We've got a lot to talk about here, uh, including some breaking news we're going to start the show out with. Breaking news about our friend and co-host, Sam, who is currently sitting in a jail cell. He's been there since the 13th of April. So getting close to two months here. In fact, it's going to be two months before he even has a chance at getting out. And that's the news today. Uh, Sam, go ahead and uh, and break the news for our listeners here. And welcome back to Free Talk Live. Hey, thank you. Okay, so, um, <laughs> well, a trial has been scheduled. That's, Excellent. That's the news. Now, f- wait, so that it's means you time. bowed down, you uh, you gave your name, because that's what the, the judge was saying before, was that the reason you were being held in jail was be- because you would not give them your legal name, even though they already knew what it was because they had your fingerprints and ran the ran the prints, got the name. They were just demanding that you bow down to their right. so-called How authority. can they have a trial if you don't give your name? So they basically said, bow down to us, give the name that we already have, and we'll schedule a trial. So that's what you did. You bowed down, huh? Uh, no. No? Haven't. <laughs> Nothing's well, changed from uh, my part. What happened? Well, um, it's interesting. I, I want to actually back up to about four weeks ago. Okay. Before I even got arrested, when you and I and some of the other activists were calling about the ban on cameras in the courtroom, we were calling the local talkback show with uh, the, hosted by some of the city councilors and telling them, look, this order's unlawful. Would you please look into it? Talk to Judge Burke. And, you know, Cynthia had told us, who's one of the local city councilors, had told us over and over, oh, I'll check into it, and the next week she didn't have a chance, and the next week she didn't have a chance, and the next week she didn't get to it. And then I got arrested. Well, then a few weeks later, um, you know, I called in from jail, and, you know, she's told us before when we, she hates it when we tell her we're going to break the law or when we advertise that we're going to break the law because she thinks we should all follow the law. Mm. But then when I was being held unlawfully and, you know, these judges and prosecutors were making these unlawful demands, she told me I should just do what they want and give them my name. So, you know, there's conflicting messages there. So it's okay for them to break the law. She can't help it. She's indoctrinated. Yeah, very, very strongly indoctrinated. And um, so... Monday night, um, my legal counsel sent out a tort letter, and a tort letter basically says um, the, the employees in your, uh, under your supervision are, are engaging in unlawful behavior that's damaging my client, and she named Eliza Rivera and the uh, prosecutor that's working for the police and let them know that uh, they are subject to a liability and that I will be bringing a civil action against the city and all of the actors involved in my unlawful beha- in my unlawful uh, arrest and detention and now are I- they indiv- Sam, are they individually liable because they're still working for the city when they do that so is it just the city that's liable for uh, their your unlawful detention it's going to be the likely the city the jail or the city and the county and the state uh, right i don't know about the state well, the district court is a state entity, from what I understand, and the, the jailers work for the state, too. Yeah, it depends, though, if we can uh, bring charges against the district court, against Judge Burke directly. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, because uh, 
have to ask the lawyers that question. I'm not really sure. Um, as far as the individual acts, breaking the law and doing things that were unlawful, that's where they would lose their um, sovereign immunity, and then you could go after them personally in civil court with a lawsuit. Hmm. So in that sense, yes. Um, so that was Monday night that that went out, and on Tuesday afternoon, Judge Burke entered an order scheduling a trial for the 15th of this month. So, now, so now we're not going to say that he's scared, but it sounds that way. So wait, it could have been a total coincidence, right? I mean, how long does it, it, it did she send the letters via postal mail? Because that, you would no, think it would... No, they went uh, email, all of them. Oh, so it, each one individually, and we copied the uh, press, the, the Sentinel, and the Boston Globe, and the other uh, media entities that have covered the story. I see. So, now, is that considered legal notice, uh, sending an email? Well, it, it's worked. I think it does. And, I, and she may have sent a certified letter. I, I'm not sure. You don't have to give legal notice in this case. You just were happening to give them notice. You're just letting well, them know what actually, your plan is. In a tort letter, you do. You need to give them notice and let them know. That, that's the first step in a lawsuit, in a civil lawsuit, is to say, I've been damaged. Uh, you're the person responsible for it, and I'm letting you know, giving you notice that you know, damage has been caused by you or the people in your employ. Okay. So that's what's happened. Um, so they scheduled the trial. Uh, we posted the date and time. It's the 15th of this month at 1.30 in the afternoon. If you're going to be up in the New England area and uh, you want to come out to Keene and see Sam's trial, we'd certainly love to have you out here. And, of course, uh, the details are at freekeen.com. I think this is worth a special trip. I'm definitely going to be there, and I would encourage people, anyone in the, in the at least if you're in the New England area, to come out to this. Please, definitely. Um, and I think this is good news. The city has finally told us uh, how we need to use the system to change the system because, obviously, talking to them doesn't work. Doing civil disobedience, they don't want us doing that. They don't want, us, they don't want to follow their own laws. They want us to sue them in court and go after money and raise the cost for all the taxpayers because that's the way their system works, and that seems to be the only thing that they're willing to respond to. There have been a lot of accusations that you are uh, that you are raise, are causing uh, a burden on the taxpayers, when, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Of course, right. I would say complain to the people who locked you up. You were you were weren't doing anything. He's not collecting taxes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's, so he, therefore, he's not making the burden. I, I think they should be upset about their about tax money being wasted, but they should be upset at the people who locked Sam up. Well, I mean, look. What, what do we argue for? We don't argue that they go and extort these taxes from taxpayers. We believe in letting the private market handle it for exactly this reason, because government is negligent, because they don't follow their own laws, because they have the improper incentives, and, they, and it fosters an environment where they commonly do and get away with things like this. And this is how this system is set up to supposedly provide remedy. Well, so it, this is a system that they're all endorsing. If they don't like it, they should use the system to change the system. Absolutely. I've said because they are this monopolistic authoritarian entity, they are not accountable. It's inherent in the nature of, of how it works. They're not accountable, and so there's no reason to expect that the, these remedies to work. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So that's it. Yeah, okay, so that's the latest. Uh, the trial's been scheduled. That means that likely what's going to happen is you're going to be uh, brought out to the court, and they, you know, obviously, activists are going to show up in support of you, and probably... It's going to be a circus. They're probably going to find you guilty, um, because, well, they've 
put you in a jail cell at that point for two straight months, and so they have to justify what they've done to you, even though they've dropped some charges. Now, what I think... Did they ever get around to charging you with contempt, or did they never actually follow through on that? We've never seen it in the case file. I'm guessing they heard um, one of the Fox interviews or something like that, and they realized that you know they can't bring that charge because they're not part of the judicial branch, and I was never in the court. Um, and they have to charge by statute, and that's not in the statute. So, so they had in, they had initially charged you with a handful of things, uh, and they dropped some of them. What what charges remain at this point? So they originally charged me with um, disorderly conduct, which was dropped. Uh, that was the original charge and the reason that I was arrested. Uh, then they charged me with resisting arrest, uh, which still stands, and that's the primary one that needs to be defeated uh, at court. Uh, then they've also charged me with theft for the camera serial number, which has been dropped. Uh, they still have my camera, still haven't returned that to uh, me or to my attorney. And then there's also a refusing to process, which is a city ordinance, um, which, again, because the arrest was unlawful, that, that shouldn't stand either. Right. Um, now, uh, the, so it's re- it's resisting arrest, but... There is no arrest, right? I mean, there's no... The charge, they dropped the charge. The they charge dropped. for which you were arrested is... So you've got two charges left, resisting arrest and failure to process. Now, the charge that you were arrested for has been dropped, but they're, they're getting you um, on a charge of nonviolent resisting arrest for an arrest that apparently was no good because they didn't charge you with it, and then they're getting you for failure to process for an arrest they shouldn't have made in the first damn place. What kind of screwed up... I mean, <laughs> somebody's, somebody's going to lock these people up? For, for breaking the law? Because I don't think they are. No, it's not. That's, you know that's not going to happen. No, it's very unlikely that they're going to see any personal consequences, though, Sam, you are going to be bringing some uh, some charges against these people. Uh, hang on. We're going to bring you back for a little bit more, and then we'll talk to Jason and Pete from Motorhome Diaries. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Maybe you've got a question for Sam. If so, go ahead and get it in as, as soon as possible here because we do have to get on to some other special uh, guest callers that we have here. The uh, the boys from the Motorhome Diaries are waiting to talk with us. And uh, the good news here, Sam, is that, of course, uh, we've brought... Uh, They broke the news here uh, tonight on the air that you are probably going to be getting out of jail. I mean, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, uh, but odds are good that when they take you to trial on the 15th, they're going to probably find you guilty, unless they find you not guilty, which seems very unlikely. But it's such a crazy situation because the charge they originally charged you with, disorderly conduct for recording in a, a court lobby with a video camera, they've dropped that charge, and the charges that they charge you with after disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, and uh, refusing to process, which never would have happened had they not arrested you in the first place, seems like there's no way they could possibly even find... I mean, logically, it seems like there's no way they could even find you guilty on those, because if they hadn't arrested you for di- disorderly, then they couldn't have charged you with those uh, at all. Uh, so, I, really, it's it's kind of a a very quixotic situation as to trying to figure out how this is all going to play out. What's your prediction? Well, there is precedent for, you know, if you were stopped for speeding, and then you beat the cop up, they could still charge you with assault and battery, even if you were found not guilty for speeding. Right. Assault and battery is not the same thing as resisting arrest. And um, you didn't use violence in any way. You just simply went limp. Correct. Uh, now, on the ticket, it says that I threw myself to the ground 
Um, but in order to throw something, you have to, or for even an object itself to throw itself, it would have to use its muscles. That wasn't the arrest, though. Um, now, the, my understanding is that these bailiffs aren't, I don't know, but these, uh, so are you being arrested by the bailiffs, or were you arrested by the Keene Police Department? Well, that's, uh, I would like to know that answer as well. Um, Rivera says that he was the arresting officer. Uh, Lance was the one who told me I was under arrest, but Rivera and the other guy never identified themselves as police officers. They weren't in uniform. Uh, yeah, I actually asked one of them, and you can hear me asking him on the audio clip of when you were arrested to identify himself, and he never did. So who, we don't even know who these men were. Yeah, so, I, I mean, they've got all kinds of problems with what they're trying to do, and there are some things that I, can't, I won't even talk about on the air until they're... Uh, further along in the process. So it looks really good for the case, even if they, if they make it through the trial. One of the things I requested from the beginning was an examinatory hearing or a probable cause hearing mm -hmm. where we can question all of these people, show that these charges are deficient, the remaining one, really. They should fall under the poisonous tree doctrine, which says, you know, if the, if the original arrest was unlawful, everything that happens from there is tainted and needs to be thrown out. Makes sense. Uh, but you know. But if that's the case, then everything they've done to you is obviously very illegal, and they would be setting themselves up uh, to to clearly have a, a case against them. Exactly. So they're going to do whatever they can to save face. But again, they also know that we we are planning to sue their pants off. <laughs> right, and in this case in particular, I mean, it may be that uh, what, whoever is the arresting officer, but in fact, really, the arresting officer is the judge in this case because he's the one who sent down the order. So you're 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 in this weird circumstance where you're sort of asking the the guy that uh, you know brought the charges to dismiss the charges because the guy that brought the charges did it illegally. Isn't isn't that unclear though? Isn't that the point that the order was not signed? Are you talking about the order not to film in the lobby? I'm just saying in general. I mean, oh. you don't the, you don't think that if the judge said, "Hey, um, let that kid go," that they would have done so immediately? No, you're I right. Mean, you know, he said, "If anybody films in this lobby, I want them locked up." And when somebody come back and said, "Hey, that weird guy, Sam, did or they filmed him in the lobby?" Well, put him in jail. That's what they, that's what happened. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's another problem. Is the judge was tainted from the beginning? Uh, it was his order. Uh, you know, he should have recused himself from this case long ago. Long ago. We didn't. I didn't want to do that because I figured he would be acting this way and would just make things worse for themselves when it came time to file the civil suit. Yeah, they're in pretty deep here. You know, the analogy has been made. There was an Iranian reporter, and I, I cannot recall the details of the story right now, but there was an Iranian reporter that was locked up, and that reporter got out faster than you did. Yep. And so if people are making the analogy, this is, this is America where we love to toss around liberty rhetoric, yeah. you know, that, that, which is about all it is, uh, but, that's, but we love to toss that rhetoric around. And uh, I, I thought that was a very interesting analogy. And virtually no one's talking about Sam's situation in comparison to the, the Iranian reporter, which was reported in hundreds of news locations across this country. And this is such an absurd obstruction of the freedom of the press and just freedom of speech of free individuals. And such an absurd, uh, obvious use of violence, un, un, unjustified violence against mm -hmm. you that uh, I feel like. And, and yet, do you not get that feeling, Sam, that this it almost feels hopeless trying to trying to sue this this monopolistic entity that they are going to do whatever they want and people are going to look at it and go, yep, yeah, well, they're the boss. So what they say goes. And then that's, you know, does he, do you not get that sense of sort of helplessness? There's a guy in Brattleboro who writes the prison uh, newsletter or something like that 
and talks about all these cases where prisoners have successfully sued the government. And, I, you know, I've seen a lot of cases where it is possible, there is a way, sure, it's not easy, but uh, I think what's happened to me is, is pretty, it makes it a pretty solid case to where we've got a, a really good chance that, um, man, really getting, I think what's going to come out of this is going to be phenomenal because it's going to teach the teen police that they can't get away with just harassing liberty activists, bringing charges and then dropping them, as Rivera's done at least six times mm -hmm. against mostly members of the press. It's going to teach uh, the city councilors that, you know, look, the free staters are here and you can't just harass them and treat them like second-class citizens because they do know how to use your system to... to uh, I think it can change not, everything. And not just free staters. There are lots and lots of locals getting involved with Free Keen, which is a local uh, liberty movement. Yeah. And, uh, and Sam, I will say something that does make me optimistic, even after expressing that bit of uh, pessimism. What does make me optimistic is I think a lot of people, uh, and the state counts on this, just don't do it because it is so hard, like you said. They don't have the passion that we have to make a long-term impact on liberty. They may not have the 1000 or 2000 or $3,000 that it'll cost in rent just to you know, not be able to pay your bills for a month. Uh, a lot true. of people are living It takes both of those, and, and that, that's part of the passion. I mean, it takes that kind of passion to put that kind of money away so that you can do this kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. thank you for that, Sam. Oh, no problem. I'm now, just looking forward to what's going to come out of this. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard for me to get my hopes up. I'm kind of pessimistic like uh, like Dale is, but at the same time, I know that uh, this Every is a solid case. Every year there are rulings case. like this. Yeah, it is a solid case that you've got, and I think it's you've so got them publicized. by the uh, Yeah, uh, they can't hide that what they're doing. One so. thing I wanted to touch on before we move on here is uh, what you're planning on doing in court. I know you obviously can't get into too many details, uh, but... Uh, we were talking off the air about Quakerism, and you'd asked me to get you some information about Quakers, and I, I think some of the activists are working on that uh, as we speak. But Mark's here, and he's one of the more experienced uh, Quakers in, in the I've room. I've just read some stuff online, and, you know, it's all historical, but you got any questions I might be able to help with, Sam? Well, I've, I want to know uh, what I'm looking to understand is the basis for their beliefs. And, uh, you know, I haven't come this far just to start bowing down in court and standing for the judge and so forth. Um, so I want to make sure that the Quakers align with what I believe in, and that's something that I can call my own religion. So any information that people can send me about that so I can read up on it and make sure that's for me, uh, I would appreciate Great. it. Great. I'll address it when we get back. We will do that. Hang on, Sam. More with you, and uh, then we'll get to Jason and Pete from the Motorhome Diaries. They've been waiting very patiently. Uh, we had originally scheduled them for 7 o'clock, and then, of course, the news broke about Sam, so I asked them if they would very kindly wait. Uh, until we're done talking with Sam, because this is obviously big news. And uh, so Sam's uh, trial is scheduled for the 15th. More coming up. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alakees at... A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot -E -E com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot -E -E com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And tonight it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are completely free. Uh, and they include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click download. They're yours right there on the front page, free for you at freetalklive.com. 
Have you ever thought how great it would be to have a book espousing freedom on the bestseller list? Do you gag when books are chosen by Oprah's Book Club and are made into major motion pictures? FreedomBookClub.com invites you to participate in our summer reading event. Go to FreedomBookClub.com and choose your preference from the four finalists. Then purchase the book um, the book of the month. New winners are announced every month. FreedomBookClub.com, making freedom a bestseller. That's FreedomBookClub.com. All right, so we're going to bring back Sam here just for a few more questions about what's going to be happening in his uh, trial, the, the trial they've scheduled for him at Keene District Court. As you know, Sam is a friend of ours. He's a co-host on the show. He was arrested on the 13th of April and has been sitting in jail ever since because he was videotaping in a public court lobby, what is supposedly a public court lobby, was arrested for that and then held indefinitely. Uh, they hadn't scheduled a trial until just a couple of days ago. They, they were holding him until he gave his legal name to them, which he was using his right to remain silent. So if you have a right to remain silent, you don't think you'd think you wouldn't have to talk. But they were demanding that he give up his legal name, which they already knew, but they wanted him to give it to them. He still has not done that. And they have finally gone ahead and scheduled the trial at this point for the 15th at 1.30 in the afternoon at Keene District Court. The uh, the address, for those of you that are in the New England area that want to come up and, and see this happen, is over at freekeen.com. Now, Sam, you're back with us. Uh, we're talking about being a Quaker. Uh, Mark recently has converted. If you uh, Do you convert to Quakerism, or do you just... I felt like I was a Quaker all along, but right. I'm sure people have said, uh, you know, use that trite little term uh, in the past. You just didn't but realize it. I really did feel that way. Um, you know, we were talking about it on the air. You said, you know, the more I read about these people, the more I like them. And that's what happened to me too. I, every time, every story I'd ever heard about Quakers, I agreed with what with their philosophy. Right. And would you so you would say you've converted recently too? Yeah, and yeah. I, it's like you said. I think you feel like you just have a name for it now. Yeah. So so with that in mind, uh, Sam had asked me some questions earlier today about getting him some information on Quakerism, and I had sent him a book about it from Amazon, because that's the way you have to send things to people in jail. It has to come straight from the, the book vendor, basically. But we're concerned it's not going to get there in time. So some of the activists are digging up some details. But I figure while we're on the uh, the line with you here, Sam, we'll talk a little bit about it. Um, one of the things that I think is important here, because you mentioned you're still not interested in standing up for this judge, and I don't blame you for that at all. Uh, the guy's a tyrant. Why would anybody want to stand up for somebody like that? But, Mark, you had said uh, you had said that Quakers do not uh, do not honor one man above another. Is that that's correct? Right. Um, so they don't use tyrants. Titles um, like Your Honor, Your Honor they right. do not. Uh, they, they are fastidious, at, at least historically, fastidious about addressing people by their first and last name. Not uh, you know, foregoing Mister and Misses because really? one might decide that a woman or a man is better. And you know, we're all sons of God, as it were. Um, if you know, if son wasn't a gen, uh, gender-oriented term, we're all children of God, and therefore shouldn't be uh, looked at. Even uh, you know, no titles is is more or less it. And I've found that difficult. Um, in some cases, but you know that's that's the belief, and it's not supposed to be easy. The intent of Quakers uh, is that uh, they they believe that not only is God did God reveal Himself through the Scriptures, but that He reveals Himself regularly through people and to people, um, and. Th- you know, they may he may not do so corpulently, uh, like you know, burning bushes and things like that. But sort of in your mind, from your conscience, that God's revealing Himself to you, to you, and therefore, um, you know, people uh, they they have their meetings where there there is no minister. People just stand up and speak whatever whatever the spirit leads them to. And I think that that's really the idea behind uh, Quakerism is that God is inside of you and He's leading you, and that you must act on those things. So everything you do is an action of your religion. It's like it's like everyone is sharing their knowledge and helping each other to 
to get to gain new insights. Yep. What, what about oaths? What about swearing oaths? Quakers will not swear an oath. They will affirm. So, um, so if called I, to the witness stand or something like that. I don't swear. However, um, you will tell the truth. Yes, I will affirm that. That's so, what I did when I was the one time I was called to the stand. I said I won't swear, but I'll affirm. So, what are yeah. some other areas that uh, being a Quaker could affect how one behaves differently in a courtroom besides oaths and standing for a judge and calling him Your Honor? Uh, Quakers wouldn't remove their hats in a courtroom. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I can. That's about it. There's some basics for you, Sam. Your thoughts? Um, I, I kind of, I think I can really align with that. I've done a lot of spiritual development. I haven't really written about it extensively in the blogs. I'm free keen. But uh, I read the book, uh, Bury the Chains, and the Quakers had a huge part in abolishing slavery huge. and the anti-slavery movement in Britain. And, and in the United States. The fact is, abolition, by and large, is a Quaker movement. Yeah. And mm. I intend to make the new form of abolition, the abolition of the state as the master and the, uh, the, the citizen or the individual as the slave, I intend to make that the, 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 the purpose of my um, Quakerism and to hopefully spread it to, honestly, the way Quakerism set up, you can spread it to different meetings and hopefully get people really on board. I think that's a, a modern abolitionist movement is I, excellent. I, I can Consider myself an abolitionist. There is, there a is, modern abolitionist. Yeah. The, now, now, try to imagine for a second, Sam, a man named John Woolman, and he was, I believe this was the early 1700s or late 1600s in there. He feels, you know, he feels called by the Lord that he can't be involved in any way, shape, or form with slaves. He gets rid of his slaves. He lets people go. You know, the whole, the whole deal. Then he gets his Quaker uh, church meeting to, uh, to, to allow him to go to other Quaker meetings to preach to them, as it were, as a minister, and there there are Quaker ministers, but yeah, we'll, we'll go into that later. Um, so to go to these different slave-holding Quaker meetings and speak to them person to person saying what you're doing is wrong. And the way that guy must have, the, the humility he must have had, the, 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 the passion he must have had, and how and the difficulty traveling on horseback from Quaker meeting to Quaker meeting, already uh, these, these people are the peculiar people. They're already s- somewhat outcasts in their communities. And now he's asking them to let go, likely, some of the most valuable uh, a- assets that they have. Yeah, and in uh, Britain it was the... MPs, the members of Parliament, who were most who had interest in the uh, plantations in the Caribbean. Yeah. So it was the same people enforcing the laws who were using the power of the state to to gain benefit. So, yeah, I, I think this is something I can align with. I really want to look into it more, and and uh, when I'm on the air, we'll definitely jump into this whole slavery and abolition topic in detail. Excellent. So well, one of the things I'm I think I'm looking forward to here is that uh, presuming. Judge Burke doesn't decide to slap you with some contempt of court charges for whatever nonsense he makes up uh, in the courtroom. Presuming that the the trial goes through and either you're found not guilty or guilty, you're probably going to be released if all goes well, which means you'll be out in time for the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yes, and I'll need a campsite. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that won't be hard to uh, to acquire. So that is awesome news, and of course, uh, we've got some other folks uh, that are on the line that are from the uh, that are going to be also joining us at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And I'm going to put you on hold here, Sam. Unless you have any other thoughts for our listeners? Nope. Uh, thanks, guys, for all, right. all the support. I'm going to put you on hold. And I'll talk to you here off the air. But in the meantime, we're going to go to uh, Jason and Pete, who've been waiting very patiently. And thank you so much, guys, for uh, for hanging on as we got the uh, the latest there from Sam and his case. Jason and Pete, are you with us? Yes, we are. Good. To see- 
Good to be with you. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, always good having you on the show. MotorhomeDiaries.com is the website. You've been traveling around the country now for a few months uh, at this point, meeting up with liberty-oriented people across America. Eventually, you, you may be crossing into uh, Mexico and Canada, though they might demand that you have passports when you come back at, uh, at this point. And uh, you are working your way back up here to New Hampshire, eventually going to be attending Porkfest as well. So it'd be great to uh, to get you guys together with Sam and uh, you know maybe shoot a video or something like that. That'll be, of course, uh, a good time. Uh, but t- tonight uh, we're calling. I, you know what? I'm so I'm so so distracted here. I don't even remember why I had you on the show. Oh yeah, Bureaucrash has uh, well crashed and burned. So uh, well, that's, that's, that's the opinion of a, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your, you former, your former organization, I mean, the both of you, uh, Jason Talley, Pete Ayer, both former crashers-in-chief at Bureaucrash, and we haven't actually had you on the air to comment on this, so I, I hope you have something to say about it. Well, we haven't really uh, spoken too much about it, although, um, you know, it is uh, kind of distressing, and uh, there's a lot of people, if you go to uh, social.bureaucrash.com, who are just... Um, you're pretty upset with the, the direction. That, I can tell uh, you I'm one of them. I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to come right back to you I'm here. I'm going to wait and More see. with Jason and Pete. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free. So if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It is that simple. You can buy brand-new items or... Or used anything you buy uh, will get a cut if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Are you facing debt problems with DebtCrisisSolution.com's program? There are no payments to creditors. DebtCrisisSolution.com guarantees to protect your bank account, wages, and property from lawsuits. If you're facing a debt crisis, you need to be able to keep your money to take care of your family. Call. 718-615-0123. That's 718-615-0123. DebtCrisisSolutions.com. So earlier this week, uh, news broke about the Bureaucrash organization, which is an organization we have promoted before on this show. We've interviewed the former crashers-in-chief, uh, Jason Talley and Pete Ayer, and they're both with us right now from the Motorhome Diaries, from MotorhomeDiaries.com, been traveling around the country, spreading the ideas of freedom, uh, meeting other people that uh, that love liberty, getting together, putting up videos, putting up blog posts at MotorhomeDiaries.com, and it's been a wonderful experience so far, at least for me as a viewer, watching and uh, and experiencing it through your uh, through your website, guys. So welcome back to Free Talk Live. Uh, obviously, we can, t- we can touch on MotorhomeDiaries.com and what you guys have been doing recently, but... The big news, of course, is what's happened to your former organization, Bureaucrash. This week, they basically kind of turned the organization inside out. It used to be a very principled uh, gr- group that was dedicated to liberty, and now they've put somebody new in charge, uh, a guy named Lee Doran, who is my understanding he is actually on hold by total coincidence, apparently. Uh, they they put this guy in charge, and he is not somebody who understands the, the non-aggression principle. He doesn't understand uh, how it is that liberty is all about not aggressing against well, your neighbors and allowing your neighbors to be free, and uh, this guy embraces the state. He embraces taxation. 
taxation. Uh, he didn't even vote for Ron Paul in the Republican primary. We could just go down the list of, uh, of statist, uh, I, anti-freedom things this guy has said. I'm curious what it was. I heard someone say that there was something he said. He expressed his opinion about Ron Paul, and what he said was kind of shocking. But I do not know what he said, so he I'm not going to go there. He be a good, uh, good oh. leader or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. But I do know I saw a video. I just was pointed to a video of him today, which I posted on my blog with the comic that I did about Lee Doran today, or yesterday. At anarchyinyourhead.com. Yes, thank you. Uh, I added a video to that blog that someone pointed me at where Lee Doran says that the guy who threw shoes at George Bush should have been shot. And he's quoted it. You can quote, see wow. him in the video saying that. I don't think he's suggesting that he, he like that that's a should be punishment uh, like an execution or anything. But I think he's saying that at the time, anyone about to throw something at the president should have immediately been shot by like his bodyguards or something. Well, it does show but that the, the president himself so, was like it, it does show the that the uh, the state um, is is incompetent at everything it does. Somehow, some <laughs> I don't know about so, that. What? You don't no, think no, the you're state's right. incompetent? They are, For God's but, sakes. They I mean, are, but I'm not the, the surprised. The president's in a foreign land, and some some guy, some... some but the president know. himself was grinning as the guy did it, so it was pretty obvious that he wasn't throwing something dangerous at the president. Uh, you know, even well, the, the president realized what if the realized shoes had bombs Anyway, in them? anyway, <laughs> yeah. let's get back to uh, Jason and Pete, who are on the line with us, at least I think. Guys, are you still there? Yeah, we're still here. Okay, so so bureaucrats uh, seems to be imploding. A lot of people, myself included, have basically said, "Look, if bureaucrats and CEI, their parent organization, the Competitive Enterprise Institute, do not uh, get rid of this new president, this new uh, crasher in chief." And and put somebody who actually understands what liberty is all about in that particular uh, place. That I will be leaving the organization and I will not be coming back. So that's there are a lot of people that are on yeah, that particular I, that's boat me right too. now. Yeah, that's I, me I as think well. it's all great to have supporters and everything. But how many of these people have written checks? Ian, how many? How big is the check? The last check you We've wrote to talked bureaucrat. about bureaucrat on the air on a radio Dale show. Dale checks to bureaucrat. I haven't written. Okay, before, just no. just to make it clear. Well, we've but talked I, I about we, we well, promote the organization. People wear their T-shirts. People put up their uh, their stickers. They've helped. Helped bureaucrats create I have, a brand for I have, themselves. I have canvassed Keen. Yeah. So go ahead, guys. Mark, I was just going to say that the the most important thing about bureaucrats is the activists themselves, and I, I think that's the issue that uh, they haven't been uh, taken into consideration. But uh, yeah, we Pete and I left DC uh, two months ago, and uh, geez, look what happened. So uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate, but I think we're going to see a lot of uh, creative destruction here, and uh, I, I think ultimately it's a good thing because. And by the way, I mean. Lee Dorn, he's um, you know he's a uh, a young Republican, and there's uh, there's uh, tens, hundreds of thousands of them out there. That's he's not the issue. The issue is uh, who the competitive enterprise chose to lead bureaucrats um, in, in this new direction. And uh, I, I think it's pretty clear to everybody that the direction that they want to move into is um, a, in a right wing direction. Um, and that's yeah. unfortunately on a lot of levels, uh, strategically, I mean the, the right. Wing is in disarray. I, I wouldn't want to uh, jump on a sinking ship. Um, and, and secondly, uh, the activists uh, at uh, Bureaucrats are very principled uh, libertarians. It's a libertarian activist network. So I think, as a minimum, you need the next crasher in chief to be uh, one, a libertarian, and two, uh, an activist. So, uh, right, not somebody who's going to continue the damaging of the term libertarian. I, for one, won't label myself with it because of people like Lee Doran and because of uh, these so-called libertarians who get out there and flaunt that term alongside of talking about aggressing against people, alongside of, uh, like, he, like he's been doing, writing the term conservative and then putting slash and then libertarian as though they're one in the same, when in point of fact there is nothing. Uh, I don't think that similar. you would use the same um, the term conservative and the term libertarian and 
expect it to mean the same thing. The reason that he's using the term conservative libertarian is because he believes himself to be somewhat conservative and somewhat libertarian. doesn't work that way. You either yeah. are libertarian or you are not. But you I know, understand that the word has been destroyed at this point, I, so look, we can't I'm, even talk about I, that. I, I, I hate that you do that. You think that you they, just hate the definition of libertarian. Be a libertarian if you're an anarchist, and it's not no. true. No, 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 that, However, no. The, I do agree. I do agree that um, perhaps that that the uh, bureaucrat organization is a very principled, uh, essentially no government, uh, out, outside of the uh, the system organization, and that Lee Doran perhaps they're they're entire in, intending by putting him in place to go an entirely it's, different direction. It's a straw man to go in that. This is not a minarchy versus anarchy discussion. What this is it about, is when he says about, that, well, that you can't use the that. term libertarian to describe somebody who's well, I partially I just, I just know that conservatives love to toss around libertarian rhetoric, especially when they're losing badly when they're getting absolutely their butts conservatives by the lie about sp- uh, small yeah. government i'll agree with that completely yeah. but they, lo- they to talk about rhetoric and it's meaningless and, kick, they, and they're losing right now what ian does kick everybody out of the libertarian camp that that might advocate some form of government is sometimes advocating even aggression in term to they get are to- advocating aggression if you advocate aggression you are not a libertarian but i understand mark people like you want to change what the definition of libertarian is which is why i don't even know why we're having this conversation because i I won't accept uh, the term anymore because of people like you that have watered it down and have tried to say, well, you can aggress against people and still be a libertarian. You use the term to describe yourself when you were of that same sort, Ian. I, I no, would, I guess you did. Actually, that's not I true. Would not the, 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 that's a damn lie. That I would not, not be protesting if Mark were chosen as the crasher in chief. I'll say that right now. I, I don't think he waters down. I'm not, I really don't. I mean, I understand. I mean, obviously, I'm a voluntarist myself. I do not believe in an authoritarian monopoly form of government uh, and so in that sense I'm a voluntarist but I'll say that I would certainly not be protesting if Mark were Probably just Mark, don't you friend. dare put words in my mouth when I signed the agreement for the Libertarian Party which said I don't support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals I understood what that meant I might not have understood exactly how it applied on every single issue and how to best communicate what liberty meant for every single issue but I did understand so therefore you did not take those positions of no government in the area of police or no government in the the area of the court system, you you advocated for those to be smaller and more controlled by the government. I don't think we but ever you talked advocated about those. for force against your neighbor nope. at that time. Did not. You did. We talked about nope. them. I did not. I- I, did. I, guess, I was sitting here, we, uh, Ian. I know. Yeah. I've been in the studio with you for six years now. I'm telling you, when I signed that agreement. And I looked at one of the issues that I was a little concerned with back then, which was uh, immigration. I understood that, well, this uh, seems a little strange to me. I'm not sure how this works exactly, but I understand that I cannot be for enforcement of this anymore. I understand that I, uh, I have a principle here, even though I might not understand fully the principle, that I can't be for enforcement of that. So I just need to understand, come to the understanding of how that will all work. Just because I didn't understand didn't mean uh, all the details, didn't mean I was not, or uh, didn't mean I was in favor of aggressive Maybe Lee Doran will come to understand that. That too. Maybe he will. Let's forget the nah, uh, 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 thing. Go. What? You, go what? Uh, uh, Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys. This is Pete. I just want to add. I mean, uh, just to echo what Jason said. The issue is not Lee. It's it's the Competitive Enterprise Institute, and you know this is D.C. and D.C. is about politics. It's all about compromise. And there's this free market movement in D.C. and all these conservative groups try to align themselves with libertarians. But as we and a lot of other people have tried to do, like libertarians have to plant their own flag. They have to dif- differentiate themselves and stand on their own to attract people on their principal views. And this is just a, another example of CEI, you know, mismanagement and... Uh
that's that's basically what it comes down. Let's to. talk about the alternatives. You guys mind hanging on through? Uh, we'll bring you back in the second hour. Definitely. I'll uh, try to convince Mark to stop yelling about the term libertarian here. Well, you're the one who wants to just fl- fling it all around like like you speak for every libertarian on the planet. If a libertarian is someone who doesn't advocate aggression against their neighbors, then that's what a libertarian is. It's nothing. There's no in-between there. 800-259-9231. I guess the Nolan chart's wrong, too. Is coming up. You can bring up whatever you want. Yeah, it is. Free Talk Live. SwissAmerica.com reports, Wednesday gold prices retreated nearly 2% as the dollar bounced off 2009 lows and stocks retreated. Gold last traded down $18.70 to 962.40. Silver fell 63 cents to 15.33. Gold was under heavy selling pressure Wednesday as the dollar posted sharp gains after comments by Asian officials that they would keep buying U.S. Treasuries even if the U.S. credit rating were to be cut. Dump dollars before central banks do, reports Bloomberg. Recession, inflation, market volatility. What do you do to protect your money? Call Swiss America to send you a free education on gold investing. Gold offers you safety, liquidity, and excellent profit potential. Gold is the only asset that's not someone else's liability. The DVD, booklet, and newsletter are free. The knowledge you'll gain is invaluable. Call toll-free 800-630-1496. That's 800-630-1496. 800-630-1496 today. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Another couple guys with a great website that you can access totally for free is uh, our Jason and Pete. Jason Talley, Pete Ayer, the former crashers-in-chief at Bureaucrash, now out on their own doing the Motorhome Diaries. Motorhomediaries.com is their website. Traveling the country, looking for liberty, meeting up with liberty-loving people all over the place, uh, recording videos, blogging about their uh, their exploits, and uh, getting arrested occasionally, or at least once so far, down in rural Mississippi. And all of that is uh, has been blogged and videoed extensively at Motorhomediaries.com. They're on the show tonight uh, as former crashers-in-chief of Bureaucrash to talk about what can be done now that Bureaucrash, uh, which was a, a, a wonderful organization that brought a lot of young people, I think, into the, the liberty movement uh, and had a real principled pro-liberty message for a long time. And, and that's why they became so popular within the movement, because they were really principled. Uh, you guys were in charge of the organization for a time. You're now mo- you've now moved on. But looking at what's happened over this uh, these past few days as Bureaucrash has appointed, or, or CEI, the, the parent organization, has appointed what is essentially a uh, conservative. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say neocon, but certainly some of the things he say uh, says uh, sound pretty neoconish. Uh, and so he's basically uh, this new guy they've appointed, Lee Doran, is going to water down the message of bureaucrash, try to do the the same thing that Bob Barr did with the Libertarian Party, and that is make the tent bigger. We'll make our mo- message more he'll moderate. Get to, he'll get to speak here in a moment. He's, yeah, he's on the well, line. He's actually quantity, still on hold. Quantity yeah, but, over quality. But is yeah, I'm what explaining what happened uh, with the Libertarian Party. They said they've been arguing this for years. Well, we need to expand our tent and make it so uh, people that uh, aren't as principled can come in here, and uh, that way we can win an election. And it didn't work out with Bob Barr because what happened was they expanded their uh, their tent. Uh, all of the great uh, principled activists decided to hightail it out of there, and uh, expanding the tent did absolutely nothing to bring any significant uh, increase in votes in. And similarly, bureaucrash is going to get watered down, and it's probably going to stagnate as a result of that. And at the very least, one of the things that seems to be a guarantee is it'll start conflating more people 
people uh, to be confused with the idea that, well, libertarians are just conservatives that want to smoke pot. It's because of people like Lee Doran that uh, people think that way about libertarians, that we're just yeah. conservatives it, and it's it, nonsense. And, and it is important. We're, you know, it's not that Lee Doran is this horrible person. He's just a bad it's, He's not it's right a bad representative crash. of libertarianism. Right. I don't want to hear him telling people. Keep saying he he uses the he puts conservative slash libertarian together to describe certain blogs. And I'm like, excuse no. me, why are those two words being stuck together? I, I'm, yeah. I'm so sick of that. It's it totally libertarianism is being dragged through the mud. It's being used to uh, put lipstick on the pig of conservatism when they're losing. And I just, and, and that's just it. He's just not a good representative of bureaucrats. He's probably a great representative to do some sort of young Republican movement or something like that. But that's yeah. not what bureaucrats has been. And if it becomes that, it's not something that any libertarian and should want to be associated it with. It doesn't anymore. seem, at least uh, from initial responses or lack thereof that CEI is, is interested in changing anything, maybe they will. Maybe all of a sudden next week they'll announce this guy's gone and they're going to you know, bring in Zach Fix, the former podcrash host uh, for Bureaucrash, who is a principled dude. But it, let's presume they don't, because it doesn't look like they will. Jason and Pete, uh, what are some of the alternatives for the activists that have been involved in Bureaucrash and may you know, be interested in leaving Bureaucrash and doing something else? What, what are some of the things that are on the table? Uh, this is Jason. Uh, I was going to say, you know, if you uh, are kind of like a right-leaning libertarian, uh, there's already a, a good organization out there called Young Americans for Liberty. It's uh, run by a friend of mine, uh, Jeff Frazee. And, um, yeah, actually the RV, when we go in uh, Washington, D.C. next week, we're going to be parked in their yard. And so, I mean, so, you know, bureaucrats would essentially be reinventing the wheel when they go in this right-wing direction. But, uh, like, like I said, there's already some good work going on there. I know that uh, earlier today, uh, Zach uh, started a, a Facebook group just to get this discussion going. And if you search for it on Facebook, uh, ABC Action, and that stands for After Bureaucrash Action. Um, and so people are already starting a discussion there about what they want to do. And this is actually what I want to see. I want to see like all the uh, the ideas that uh, you know come from the network and uh, to build something great. There's already like websites out there, uh, communities. Um, so. Bureaucrash is on the, the Ning platform. Anybody can start their own social network. And so if you have a good idea, do that. Uh, a lot of uh, members have moved over to a website uh, that uh, I actually started a while back called AnarchMe, A-N-A-R-C-H dot M-E. And then I know the, um, the, the good people at the Center for a Stateless Society, they are launching a new project uh, called uh, BlackVanguard.net. And then, of course, there's your forum that's uh, Free Talk Live. Um, also, there's been an uh, increased uh, spike in activity at uh, freeagents.net. That's another site that I, uh, I run. It's a companion to uh, freeagents.com. That's fr33agents.net. And, uh, yeah, I've just been uh, tons of activity there today. And so some people are, are thinking that might be the framework. But, really, I'm, uh, I'm encouraged about uh, all these new ideas that are coming out there and uh, and seeing what uh, what happens in well, this creative destruction. Yeah, certainly. And and Jason, there's no doubt that the market of of activists is going to decide what the next great liberty-oriented social networking website is. Uh, the Free Talk Live forums do not count as a social networking website. That's just a big mess. Uh, but it's like a it's like it's a zone for trolls. It's like <laughs> it's, it's fun like a, stuff going on in there. It I is guess. fun, but it, yeah, it's it's not really a social networking site. But as far as replacing Bureaucrash with uh, with another social networking site, yes, the market will decide. But we can help influence the market by picking one over the other. So I mean, if you had to choose uh, between Anarch.me, uh, free with two threes instead of fr33agents.net, and the, the whatever the other one was, what do you think that would be best to really start trying to build? Because 
I would hate to see people. While I understand that competition is valuable, I also don't like seeing people duplicate their uh, their efforts. Yeah, I'm going to put some uh, time and energy into um, freeagents.net, uh, FR33. And uh, the, the nice thing about that platform is we can go back to a, a campaign model because there's a lot of different ways that we can reach out to uh, people who haven't uh, thought about libertarian ideas. And so uh, this is... Uh, like Lee Doran. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people out there that haven't thought about these ideas. But uh, this will allow us to create, or any of the members, to create their own websites, um, you know, to focus on specific issues. Like, I really want to launch a, a League of Non-Voters website, for example. <laughs> I, also want, I also want to start a, a website about um, uh, involuntary servitude uh, or national servitude instead of national service. And uh, so these are things that I can do with these new tools. Uh, Kevin Dean is actually the uh, programmer on this project, and he, um, you need some help. So if you're a programmer, uh, let us know. And, uh, okay, great. But, uh, and so, yeah, and so like people are, are responding, throwing ideas out there. But uh, I think there could be, you know, a lot of different brands out there. The uh, the website that I run, uh, fr33agents.com, is a uh, is a website dedicated to like figuring out what the best things are out there and then reporting on them as far as the uh, freedom movement goes. So we'll be keeping a close eye on this. And of course, uh, you know, Motorhome Diaries is traveling the country, and we've been meeting some great people and. Uh, I think it's really important that we have a, a good social networking website where, um, you know, while we meet these people in, in real life, but when we get back in front of our computers, we can collaborate, cons- conspire. On I do, too. I, I think it's a great idea, and I think that having a site that is run by principled, uh, liberty-loving people like yourself, Jason, uh, is the way to go. I mean, the problem with Bureaucrash was that it's it wasn't an organization that was necessarily originally created by uh, principled people in that uh, CEI, apparently... No, CEI doesn't... didn't create the Bureaucrash. Oh, right. Okay. Let, yeah, let, me, let me just say that uh, uh, like two, actually three years ago, um, Bureaucrash and CEI merged. Uh, Bureaucrash was once part of the Henry Hazlitt Foundation, oh, and really? then it was independent. And so... Uh, the Competitive Enterprise Institute and, and I sat down. I actually uh, worked on the merger with them, and uh, you know, I asked them. I'm like, hey, is you know, uh, is there anything that's unacceptable to you that Bureaucrash does? And uh, I'll, I'll admit, they did say um, drugs and um, and gays, and uh, and and mm. so uh, that that was the, you know, the agreement as far as like the merger. And while I was on board, and while Pete was on board. Um, you know, we were able to have a free hand at the running bureaucrash. And um, actually, now the, uh, the the new gentleman, I believe his name is Lee Dorn, he, uh, he has to get permission to uh, post anything on the uh, website and oh, actually boy. had to take down a lot of his content. So I don't see this as being ro- a robust organization. I mean, no. bureaucrash has to be quick and fast on its feet, and it cannot play it safe. So, I mean, I think yep. it's going to flounder. I call it a not-so-bold new direction. Yeah, I agree. I think that they are going to flounder, and uh, they're, you know, they're pretty much done for if they keep in this in this direction. And they've got a very short amount of time in which to turn it around because, as far as I'm concerned, my deadline is Monday. If they haven't replaced this guy by Monday, I'm uh, removing my, my profile Let's talk to this guy. from their site. Actually, I'm going to talk to Jason and Pete a little bit more because I want to talk about Motorhome Diaries if you guys have time. Absolutely. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We mentioned the PBS. It is there, and it's full of trolls, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> BBS.freetalklive.com. You can go there, and it's free, just like everything else on our website. That's BBS.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks. 
magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. Try them out by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. They have all kinds of books over there, including Ron, Ron Paul's Freedom of Manifesto and uh, the Politically Incorrect Guide to American History. It's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Jason and Pete are with us. Jason Talley, Pete Ayer from MotorhomeDiaries.com and traveling around the country, uh, meeting up with Liberty lovers all over the place and blogging and video blogging it all at MotorhomeDiaries.com. Uh, just want to, since we've got you on the phones and it's been a, like a week or two since we last talked to you, give us a Motorhome Diaries update. Uh, what has been happening with you guys uh, on your southern leg of the trip? Any highlights you want to share with our listeners that might not have uh, had a chance to go to your website? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. One of the uh, a cool little story. The other day when we uh, left the Mises Institute, where we met a lot of good people, had an awesome meetup, uh, we rolled into Atlanta, where we met our buddy Jason Pye, and uh, as we're turning into his neighborhood, this car was driving the other way, honking you know, loudly and waving, and we kind of just joked, oh, maybe these guys know of us, or they've heard of us, and, uh, and about 20 minutes later, Jason got a phone call, and the, the, uh, this individual had gotten his number off our website, and he said, hey, man, your guys... Your guys' uh, group, your guys' project is like a household name around here, and and I just wow. happened to see you guys driving, so we came out to our meetup the next night, and it was it was a really cool thing. That's so but, cool. Uh, so it's a good thing you guys got the paint job done, otherwise that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> exactly. That's my hometown. What was it? Yeah, it was awesome. Atl- and, uh, Atlanta's my Atlanta. hometown. Yeah. So yeah, since then we've had some great meetups. Uh, we added Asheville at the last minute, uh, which was a great great stop, and uh, we were in Charlotte, and uh, we're going to be in Virginia Beach tomorrow, and then DC. Uh, next Monday, and and DC is going to be probably our biggest meetup so far. We, we'll probably have a uh, hundred people or more there. It looks like, so uh, it should be pretty good. So as you guys are are driving around, I mean, what are what are you hearing from people? What's the vibe that uh, that you're getting? Uh, folks seem pretty pumped. I mean, uh, you know, they they're eager to get their picture taken out in front of Marv. But it, the cool thing is, I mean, like when we were in Charlotte, Zach and uh, and his buddy Keith and uh, Mike Powers, who who's the guest editor, Strike the Root, were all instrumental in uh, getting that group going they had uh people there from campaign for liberty from the lp from bureaucrats like some self-described anarchists and then some tax folks and you know just some randoms too so it was like a it was a big big group uh we were told by uh a few individuals at different times and and we we hope and and think that there was some synergy made between individuals there to uh, work together and and have a bigger impact together so those are the kind of things i love seeing how many uh free staters you guys running into out there a lot, uh, you know, and we keep on talking. Every time we stop, we talk about that we're heading up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival, mm-hmm. and uh, inevitably, you know, a couple people say, yeah, we'll be there too. I mean, we're going to run into so many great people at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I mean, some of my favorite people that I just know on the Internet are going to be there. We have to talk face-to-face, and it's a good time, right? I mean, as yeah. um, there's all this creative destruction going on, everybody wants to know, you know, what can I do to further the cause of freedom? I get to see these guys face-to-face for uh, several days, and... Uh, we just get to strategize and uh, come up with some great ideas. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you guys are coming back up here for the Porcupine Freedom Fest. Are you staying for the whole weekend? Uh, yeah, we, we sure are. And then uh, there's talk that uh, we'll stop by uh, Social Sunday first. Uh, I know uh, Dan Patrick and his wife are going to uh, go there Sunday and then maybe get a big caravan um, over to the Freedom Festival. Very cool. All right, so anything else you want to share with our listeners tonight? Uh, you know, I just wanted to... Uh, to make these battle lines clear, you know, it's not uh, it's not left versus right. That's a big distraction. It's, yeah. uh, it's freedom versus control. And mm-hmm. you know, pick a side. Let, let's choose freedom and uh, just uh, stop with all this right wing nonsense. 
Thank you so much, guys, for being so patient tonight and coming on the air with us and talking about what you're doing. And, of course, a lot of people are excited. Uh, of course, you're going to be coming through their area, and you're on the East Coast now, but you're going to be traveling back across the country. The Motorhome Diaries is not over until at least the end of the year, right? Uh, or until the engine breaks down. Exactly. So, yeah, we're, we're, okay. yeah, we're going to be on the road uh, and hopefully in everybody's neighborhood uh, in 2009. Guys, awesome. I really enjoyed your call to the presidency video. I just watched it. Oh yeah, the, the new video where they're attacking the uh, the the bus, these gigantic busts of presidents of the United States. It's very cool, and to a yeah, Megadeth tune guys. as well. Oh yeah. All right, guys, have a good night. Thanks for the call and MotorhomeDiaries.com. People should go there. Thanks. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go to Lee Doran. He's on the line in uh, I don't know somewhere. Lee, you're on Free Talk Live. Chicago, yeah. How you guys doing? Hey, Good thanks. Uh, what's on your mind tonight, Lee? Uh, not much. I just wanted to answer some of the direct questions. I, I made sort of a list, not not an entire list of uh, some of the comments that were made. And you, I, you know, I called last time. I think I spoke to Ian. Did Mark? Did I speak to you too? Is Mark there? I'm, yes, I, I, I'm glad I'm so memorable, uh, Lee. <laughs> Well, I remember if I remember last time, you guys appreciated the fact that I was very open and honest with all the questions. Yes, and, uh, and I, some, I think some, you had a, a pair of brass ones, uh, and it shows that uh, it shows that uh, to me it shows a certain level of leadership ability to uh, call in and wait um, as you have. And uh, you know, either that or he's a glutton for punishment. Well, Go ahead, Lee. What do you got? Well, no, a couple of the things were these. You know, the cons- I, I use the term conservative slash libertarian. That was just from the fact of I listed a bunch of. Uh, blogs that I was familiar with, some happened to be, you know, with people that at least consider themselves libertarians. Maybe some of you wouldn't consider them libertarians because of the uh, non-aggression principle and any government at all. Some of you would believe that that would violate the non-aggression principle. Okay, that's a, that's a differentiation of, of words. Um, it, I, I guess it just depends on the crowd because Ian and Mark, you were just having an argument of, oh, any government at all violates the, the non-aggression principle and therefore I can't stand anyone who uses the term libertarian and only aren't anarchists or non or, or voluntarists could possibly cons- be considered a libertarian but my goal like i said before like, like i said uh, i believe it was on monday when i spoke to you was in the promotion of liberty and i can i am not going to tell people that they must believe anything well wait my what is liberty is, yeah, if you're if you're yeah, promoting if you liberty say, what is liberty liberty is is be able to more or less do what you want it, it's, more or it's less freedom. Let, let, Less government. I'm sorry, I missed the, the question. You, you said more or less do what you want? What do you mean? Well, obviously you can't go kill somebody. I mean, well, that, cer- that is you know, harming somebody else, taking Th- away someone else's life. So you to would be, be able to do right. what you want and allowing other people to be able to do the same. I think, that's, okay. I, you know, I'm paraphrasing, you know, how Milton Friedman kind of defined that. Um, but that, that is my ultimate goal. How and can you promote liberty like, and also at the same time advocate for taxes? Well, I, I happen to be a, a major fan of the, of the fair tax. Now, so you are not promoting get... liberty. Well, I, if that's your definition... Then I, that's We're going by your text. definition. You just gave me the definition of liberty, which is that you can do what you want as long as you know, you're know you not harming anybody else. That's, I think, a pretty good definition of liberty. And then in the next breath, you say, I support the fair tax, which does not allow one to be free. It does not allow one to do what one wants, because all business owners would essentially be tax-collecting agents for the federal government. And if they don't participate, if they decide, no thanks, I don't want to participate, I don't want your services, then they'll be thrown in a jail cell because of that. Right, exactly. I mean, I'm intellectually honest to, to say exactly what taxes are. I'm not. I don't sugarcoat it. I so know then, how can are. you say? How on, is well, it? Let me, let me finish. Go ahead. Go, go, ahead. go on. Okay. Well, my point is, is that I, I am intellectually honest to say that I, I have a, I believe in having a limited government, 
those are my views. I would, before I met a lot of anarchists, would consider myself a libertarian. I think most most conservatives would certainly consider me a libertarian. Lee, I'm going to bring you and back, okay? Hang on. <clears throat> We're going to come back more with Lee Doran. He's in Illinois. If you've got a question for him, toll-free number is 800-259-9231. He's the new crasher-in-chief of Bureaucrash. Much controversy surrounding his appointment. He's trying to defend himself here. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free. We've got the mobile site. You can go to m.freetalklive.com. Listen to the show live uh, via live streaming on your mobile device if you've got that capability, which most of them do. If you can surf the web, you can probably use our live streams. So go to m.freetalklive.com. Do you enjoy making your own tools, doing your own repairs, and constructing things out of salvaged materials? If so, join James Ballyu at PaladinPodcast.com to learn what's new in his survival book, Makeshift Workshop Skills for Survival and Self-Reliance. Browse more than 800 other books and videos at PaladinPress.com on topics like survival, firearms, martial arts, and more. Remember, it's PaladinPress.com. The podcast is at PaladinPodcast.com. All right, we're back here. Uh, we've been talking this week about the implosion of the bureaucrash organization, which at one time was a wonderful group out there promoting liberty to young people in America. And just this week, the parent organization, CEI, appointed a brand new crasher-in-chief to bureaucrash that uh, most of the people I've talked to, Dale uh, included, are pretty upset about. Now, would and it be an implosion if the mem- membership doubled? In the next six months, I, I, it wouldn't matter to me if the membership doubles. I just because want you to define implosion. When they you don't use implosion. stand for for liberty anymore, they are imploding from a pro from a liberty perspective. I, I think there's a lot of uh, conservative organizations out there, and this is going to be just one more of them. And it yeah. will probably, I've said myself, membership will probably grow because it's becoming more mainstream. This is going from a really bold organization that really was uh, was something for people who didn't have a real strong voice and it's going to be and it's taking a non not so bold direction and by becoming a conservative organization instead of a libertarian organization. And when we get a chance, I don't want to do it, I don't want to interject, but when we get a chance, I want to ask Lee about uh, what libertarian means and tenets of libertarianism that I would like to, you know. Well, let's do that because Lee is on with us and he's th- decided to throw himself back into the fire. And to, and to that end, uh, you do deserve credit, Lee, because nobody uh, seconded. Could, yeah. yeah, this wasn't a set up interview or anything like that. And you waited an hour and a half uh, to get on the air with us through t- uh, through a set of guests that we had already had uh, set up here. So you've decided to throw yourself back into the fire to uh, to essentially defend yourself. And one of the things we had just gotten to uh, right before the break was you said that you are advocate of liberty. I asked you to define it. You defined it fairly effectively that one should be free to live one's life how one wants as long as one isn't harming another. But then you went on to advocate taxation, and it seems like those are direct, uh, indirect A type of taxation. Taxation. Here's how I reconcile it, because I, let me just say with, with the fair tax. Um, with the fair tax, essentially, it, it, it is about as close as, as, as physically possible to, to a voluntary tax, in my opinion. And the fact that you would pay no taxes if you decided to, the less, the less you purchased. If you decided you would know exactly how much you taxed, 
And I'm intellectually honest enough to say exactly what taxation is. Taxation is the stealing of someone's money through force. But it, yeah. and, and it's the same thing with government. I'm not, I, don't, I don't sugarcoat what I believe government is. I believe government is an e- evil institution, but in the sense that government, if we're going to have a government, it should be limited, it should be controlled through a constitution as best as it possibly can be. Lee, I agree, taxes, but I have some questions. Um, and I think the devil is in the details. And I really do think the devil is in the details when it comes to the uh, the fair tax. Now, I do I agree entirely that the the IRS is an inefficient and uh, terrible way to be collecting uh, taxes here in the United States, and I think that we could do it better, and I think that a way that would be better to collect taxes here in the United States would likely be something like the fair tax, which would be a, you know, a ta- uh, a sales tax, a national sales tax. I think that there's some value to that. However, there is the 16th Amendment that needed to be passed because, uh, you know, they, they brought in into play this uh, this income tax. And that 16th Amendment is now part of the Constitution. Now, I've heard fair tax advocates come from both sides of this. And I'm of the opinion I'm all for the t- fair tax as soon as we repeal the 16th Wait, Amendment. And good, if you put take good, one step excellent. before um, that, you're going to get, well, you're going to get a national sales tax, a national income tax, and they're just going to keep on pushing more taxes excellent. down our throat. I could I couldn't agree. I could not agree with you more. In fact, as of right now, I believe that H.R. 25, the fair tax, is only passed in conjunction with the repeal of the 16th Amendment. Do you know so what it takes to appeal, repeal an amendment, right? What? You know what it takes to repeal an amendment of the United States Constitution? It's a huge, monumental oh, task. Oh, I, know, I know it's really different, but that okay. sounds kind of strange from someone who believes in pure volunteerism. Oh, no, 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 Mark doesn't. In, wait, wait, wait. Mark, Mark, Mark doesn't. Mark doesn't. I, I understand like how you. you might have gotten that uh, opinion from the, you know, the brief uh, introduction you've had to Free Talk Live. However, Mark's a minarchist. I am a, uh, oh, a okay. minarchist. I I I, okay. I I just want to inje- I just do want to inject this real quickly is I feel like this breaking down into a small government versus a no government debate is a bit of a straw man I don't think that's the issue at hand I don't think it's why so many people are upset at bureaucrats there are a lot of people who would describe themselves as minarchists on bureaucrats that have been there for a while who have been allies with people who would call themselves anarchists or no government uh, advocates and so I feel like that is a straw man I don't feel like that's really the issue that everyone's upset about right now but go ahead. Well, let me give you, in my opinion, that, that appears to be the, the major issue um, because as far as I'm concerned, my views are, I mean, I, you know, I, I just don't, I, I don't like the definition minarchist, but I mean, I, when I tell people what, what, how big I want the government to be, I always say, you know, courts, police, military, and even Milton Friedman said, if we're going to have public, uh, public property, we need some small environmental regulations, but very small. We've gone so far beyond what's, what would be small environmental regulations if we're going to have public property. But that's basically my view of, of how big the government should be. But in terms of bureaucrats, I'm not here just to defend myself, but to defend bureaucrats as a means of defending liberty and as an organization going forward in the future. I believe bureaucrats can be the same tool that it's always been, the same tool that you always uh, have believed it Maybe it you're right, be. Lee. Maybe you're right. But the thing is, when you're dealing with people like Dale and myself, who are principled uh, voluntarists, uh, who love liberty to the point where we do not want to aggress against our neighbors. Uh, Look, you're just a voluntarist or you're not. When, I mean, when, why, you, when you say you're principled, that leaves the rest of us as being unprincipled. I'm going to point out why I don't think that's the issue after when I get a chance, but go ahead. Sure. So. Uh, so anyway, uh, <laughs> let's see, where was I going with that? Uh, so what you're I was going to point me. out is that the 
I wasn't insulting you. I was pointing out that Dale and I are voluntary. Uh, I think you're a voluntary, yes, Dale. absolutely. Uh, we're voluntarious, and so when you, Lee, were appointed to bureaucrash as somebody who supports some government, some aggression, some harming your neighbors, it has basically made it so people like me have said, I don't want anything to do with your organization. It's great if you that's go out there and you advocate for your small government uh, stuff, uh, Lee, that's fine, but I'm not going to promote an organization that is headed up by somebody who is not uh, pro, who's not promoting a principled pro freedom uh, viewpoint on things? If if I'm promote if I'm out there giving stickers out and the bureaucrat stickers are great and their T-shirts are great. If I'm giving out sticker stickers and promoting the organization, they're going to go to your website. They're going to find out who you are. They're going to see you maybe getting interviewed somewhere as the head of bureaucrat, and you're not going to be talking about true liberty. So I am working against myself by promoting your organization. I- I'm only half with you, Ian. Uh, I, like I said earlier, if Mark had been p- chosen as crasher in chief, he's a minarchist. He's, a, he's well said that he's a minarchist. I don't see that as being doomed for the organization. That is not the issue. I, I, I want to say there's, there's two things that, that I, but from hearing you speak, there, I feel like there, you have two major fallacies which are at the core of libertarianism. And this is not a minarchy versus anarchy issue. This is, this is core tenets of libertarianism if you believe in liberty. One is individualism versus collectivism which is respecting the individual choice as opposed to – and not treating people as collectives. And the other thing is the NAP. And I feel like you – The and, non-aggression and two, principle. The non-aggression principle. And, and you have described – the example you gave the other night when you were being interviewed was someone coming at you with a baseball bat, and do you have to wait until they hit you before you shoot them? And I don't think there's an, an, a, I don't think there's an anarchist out there, a voluntarist out there, who would say you can't defend yourself in that situation. But you're using an analogy where you have an individual defending it against an ind- individual, and that individual gets to make a decision for himself. That individual chasing after you with a baseball bat is another individual who's made the decision to aggress against you. And then you conflate that with something like the Iraq the war, war, which I can't imagine a libertarian out there who feels like this is not an aggressive war, an unjustified aggressive war. And this is where you've conflated collectivism with individual with, with individualism. I know you had a second point, right, Dale? We're going to come back to that and I'll let uh, Lee I'm, respond. I'm sure Lee wants to respond. We'll let him. Hang on. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Plus, uh, we've got at least one person on the line that wants to talk to Lee. If you've got a question for Lee Doran, he is on the line with us. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. For as little as 3 bucks a month, you can help support this show. You can help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country, bring more Internet listeners on board with the program, help expose new people to the ideas of freedom, and uh, that's a valuable thing. And for 3 bucks a month, I think it's a pretty good deal. I mean, it's less than the price of a cup of coffee at Starbucks. So, uh, amp.freetalklive.com will get you all the details on the AMP program. You'll learn about the perks, like the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only chat room, uh, little benefits that you get from being an amplifier. amp.freetalklive.com. Your AMP dollars do go to get this show on more stations. In fact, coming up here tomorrow morning, Mark, you're coming here, and uh, we're, or maybe I'm going there to get you. I'm not sure how it's going to exactly work. Uh, but I think I should come here. Okay, we're, we're going to get together and go down to New York City and attend the Talkers New Media Seminar, which is always a good time. And this year, Free Talk Live is going to have, I think, the biggest profile yet. What is this, our fourth year there, Mark? About fourth year, I'd say. it's our fourth year. 
And so this year we have got the we've purchased the name tag sponsors. Yep. So every single uh, person and there are going to be hundreds of people attending this show. Not all of them are program directors. In fact, probably, you know, a bunch of them are Maybe talent. 10%. Yeah, but some of them are program, program directors, directors. But a lot of them are also big uh, industry bigwigs, like people that are even higher up than program directors, people that are executives. Well, the problem with, the, with getting the, uh, the tag sponsorship that the amplifiers bought for us. Well, now people are going to see dollar signs whenever they see Ian and Mark. Uh, the, the people that sell try to work stuff up. to radio shows <laughs> are going to suddenly you know, we're not going to be able to sell. say, hey, oh, yes, yeah. you are. <laughs> there's there's miserly little man you are. Uh, so, so yeah, we bought the, the name, tanks, uh, name tag sponsorship, and this year Michael Harrison, the editor, publisher of Talkers, has invited me to do the introduction speech for the internet panel that they're having this year, and I'll be introducing him, uh, the the Talkers publisher, which is a really great honor. So we're going to have an incredible amount of uh, attention lavished on the show this year at, at Talkers, which is going to be good, uh, because normally when we go to these seminars, we usually get at least one new affiliate out of them, and that, should, that just tends to be how things are. And did you? here's an interesting aside, Mark. Last year, uh, we, we decided to stop going to the R&R seminars, the Radio and Records seminars, and now they're out of business. For Fluey. So Free Talk Live leaves That's the R&R. That's why they're out of business. Exactly. They stopped going. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> what a coincidence. Well, no, they did have one this year, and we didn't go to that one, but now, they, uh, now R&R, which is one of the most recognized uh, industry publications out there, is uh, after 36 years closing their doors. For Plunk. All right, let's go back to your phone calls as Lee Doran is still on the line with us here, uh, the crasher-in-chief of Bureaucrash, the controversial crasher-in-chief of Bureaucrash. Uh, and I, don't think, I don't think I'm that controversial, but thank you. I, mean, I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, Bureaucrash hasn't had this much press in, uh, in quite some time. Among our audience, I would say it has been a controversial appointment, certainly amongst the, uh, the, the hosts here on the show. Uh, Dale, you were making some points. I want to go ahead and recap, just have you re- uh, recap those points real quick for our listeners just tuning in, and then we'll let Lee uh, go ahead and respond. Yeah, I, I think those are the, the two issues I think that really at the core of libertarianism is the non-aggression principle, which you've already discussed to some extent, how you said you have a different point of view, uh, and collectivism, which is this, no, you know, when we go to war, it is an entire nation going to war against another nation. And that's why libertarians are incredibly, uh, if I dare use the word conservative, about going to war, because a lot of innocent people are involved in that process. And it's, that's exactly the case with Iraq right now. Not just the innocent people in Iraq who are victims of it. Uh, who didn't have anything to do with it, had no say-so in this happening, but also the innocent, innocent people here who are against it, and yet we're being taxed to pay for it. And so that's why I, you see a lot of very anti-war libertarians. And so when you are – I know you said you're against the Iraq war. I was too. I was an apologist for it back when I was a Republican, and that's where you seem to be now is sort of an apologist for it. You seem to be saying, well, we need to succeed and, and so forth. Well, but well, here, here's – for the, for the people who weren't listening on Monday, let me just define w- what my position was on the Iraq war and the, the collectivism argument that you defined as mine. Um, my view is this. Even if I don't agree with the, uh, the American government's actions all the time, I take personal responsibility for those actions, even if I don't vote in the way they do or, or whatever, because in my opinion, it's my government. And you might call that collectivism, but I believe I, I have more ability to stop what the government does than anyone else in any other country. Um, since... Since the American government promised a lot of the Iraqi people, wrongly so, they promised never should have been given, to rise up against Saddam Hussein, to risk their family lives, to risk everybody's lives, and then they, they went into Iraq, I have a serious problem with then turning our backs on those people that have, when, when the promise was given on my behalf, even though I didn't, I didn't want the promise to be given, the promise was given. Now, and um, so I, I understand where you're coming from on that. 
So, so, sorry, Lee. I, I get it that that we were we promised to get rid of Saddam Hussein for I those people. I didn't promise anything. The, the United States government um, under George the the first George Bush basically said rise up, and then they got you know whacked down, and then so I don't really know that we told them to rise up the second time. We just said, hey, we're coming in here, and we're going to take out you folks unless you turn over your yellow cake, which of course turned out not to be there. So I I, I don't think we owe. Uh, the American people owe um, the Iraqi people a solid and, uh, a, a, you know, a stable government any more than... Well, I mean, we don't have a solid and stable government. They're and, spinning and us into... They're spinning, my, they're spinning our, my child into poverty, trying to straighten out this war over there, and I, it's just not fair. Most importantly, we have no business creating a government for another country. I mean, not much less I, one for. I'm, yeah. I'm not for. I'm not for nation. I'm not for nation building in in any way. And but I we have are. a problem with nation. Build, well, I have a problem with nation. I know we are. And I have a problem <laughs> with nation building. I have a problem with the Iraq War. But it. I, I believe it's it's pretty much a fact that we were encouraging, or at least we still are encouraging, um, Iraqis to rise up against certain uh, elements um, in Iraq and with the American backing, where we're training their their soldiers and everything, and we've told them. Stick your neck out, stick your family's neck out, uh, go, you know, do X, Y, or Z, and we, you will have the American military backing. I, uh, I don't, uh, wouldn't have given the promise. I have a Lee, problem I, I don't know. backing out once those people stick their neck out because they're going to get slaughtered, their families are going to get slaughtered. I just want to say that I don't, uh, I, I don't, I'm not included in your we. I did not make any of those promises. I did not go and do any of those things. It was not me, and I'm not interested in, in supporting it in any way, shape, or form. I want to get to this phone call. I've been waiting patiently to talk to you. Sure. Uh, Dan is on the line in New Hampshire. Dan, you're on with Lee Doran from Bureaucrat. Is this, is this Dan Patrick? No. I no, don't no, know. No, Dan. No, Dan, Dan in New Hampshire. from uh, over, over near the river here, but uh, uh, long, uh, well, 1991 mover uh, on, on his own free state project back, back when. All right, Dan, go but ahead. The, uh, the, you know, I, there's a whole so many things. Uh, number one, uh, you know, as Ron Paul has said, that uh, that the uh, the, go- the government has gotten along without the income tax for the longest time, and uh, and and we don't need to replace it. We need to get rid of it. If you really are uh, concerned about smaller government, that would be the one thing. But but basically, it's all it's all a moot point in my book because the, the you know. The whole contract has been violated. The uh, the business of government uh, in in any reality it ought to be based on the the powers loaned to it from the people. That that the powers the government has are are not powers beyond which the people had in nature, and and the people in nature do not have the power, you know, to collectively agree uh, that one of the neighbors down the street has to pay taxes or pay anything or give up their car or whatever it is, and, and then when they all agree to do it, then they just go down and do it, and, they, and the guy should just, uh, you know, lay down and, and accept that that theft. Uh, you know, I, it, you know the, if you don't have the power, Lee, you can't give it to the government. So if you can't give it to the government, they don't have it either. So, you know, you've got to figure out a way of doing this without stealing people's money. And the fact is, is that you give people a, 
you know, a tap on people's either business, whether it's the activity that happens in sales or whether it's their income or whatever, those people are going to let that power go to their head. And no matter what restrictions, as we have seen, what restrictions we place on those people, those people are going to exceed their powers, take that money, and do things we didn't want them to do it with. So, I mean, you know, the business of government is shown to have failed. I mean, there is, you can't go through history and show to me where government has, in fact, yeah. ever done any benefit. Where so, has it stayed know, limited? That, Dan, thank, huh? you, thank you for the call. Where, uh, yeah, where has, uh, where has government succeeded? Uh, where has it actually not? Uh, where has it stayed limited? I mean, is this even possible? I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I heard a beep right at the end. That right when you before you said possibly, you said you you want me to give me an example of where government has succeeded. I think that's I think that's what he asked for. Yeah. He asked for okay, a lot well, of things. I mean, <laughs> answer it, that. For the most part, the, the best of what we have seen so far, I believe, is is the American government. I don't believe we have seen obviously a. You know, some people don't like when I say this word, but oh, we I'd haven't seen a utopian government. I'd love to hear you elaborate government. on how it's the best. Yeah, let's when come we'll back. back. We'll come back with Lee uh, in hour three, 800-259-9231. Maybe you have a question for him. I have a question for Lee, and that is, how badly should I be hurt for not going along with his program? It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Now, uh, one of mentioned Dale's website, anarchyinyourhead.com. It's a great comic. It's online, uh, pretty much online only, though it does appear in select newspapers around the country. Uh, but anarchyinyourhead.com, you can go there and enjoy Dale's uh, artwork. His comic strips are uh, great. They're published twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. And they're free, of course. Uh, though you do sell some great Anarchy in Your Head-based t- T-shirts and other products like that. So for yep. those who want to help support Dale... Uh, you and can some, some original designs yes. sort of related to freedom issues. And then you've actually been doing some uh, some hiring out so people can actually hire you to do some artwork for them, to, yes. to design things. And Although just... I am going to have to raise my rates. Soon. Good. I've been doing it too cheaply so far. Well, that means you've, uh, you've <laughs> got, got business, right? I've got something of a portfolio built up now that I can, I'm going to be putting online soon. So Excellent. So AnarchyInYourHead.com, great comic website. But there's something that... Uh, I think that you should ask our listeners to help you with. Vote every day on a website called Top Web Comics. There's a button in the upper left-hand corner of the comic strip, uh, a little blue button that says TWC for Top Web Comics. It's a really, really easy process. You click the button, and there's one more click just to prove you're not a bot. It's a little logic problem that you've got to figure out how to solve, um, but you only have to figure it out once, and then after that it's, yeah, it's fast, like a logic, fast, fast. It's like a logic problem that you need a 50 IQ to figure out. Yeah, and, well, you know. you're not making me feel real good here, because I had trouble with it. <laughs> it's okay, you're a minarchist. Yeah, yeah uh, it, there's a little thing just to make sure you're not automated, that you're a real person, and you just click to go to the site, and you click... Uh, 
one more time. There's no login, no email verification. It's very, very simple, but it does need to happen every day or we get behind. All the rest of the comics keep getting votes for the rest of the month, and then we get bumped down. So. Okay, so we've got uh, Lee Doran still on the line with us here. He's been, he actually called at the very beginning of the show, and we put him on hold for an hour and a half as we took Sam. And his we cell phone's going to be getting hot at this point. I, don't, I hope he's not on his cell phone, <laughs> but uh, Lee Doran, uh, the, the crasher-in-chief of Bureaucrash, uh, throwing himself back into the fire here on Free Talk Live because we're pretty critical of your appointment to the Bureaucrash organization. We've been talking about your beliefs in, uh, in the state and in taxation and things like that and contrasting them against uh, Dale and I's position of voluntary, uh, voluntarism, which, of course, says that all, all pe- uh, people that are peaceful should be able to live their lives unmolested. Uh, of course, I'm arguing that he's not even remotely a minarchist. I mean, he doesn't seem like a small government advocate. He seems like a conservative government advocate. Well, you had a question to that end about the military. Do you yeah. want to go ahead and hit the question? Yeah. Uh, and- number one, it, the number one spending that the, the federal government does is the military, yes? No, You're, it's not. What? That's simply not true. Okay. The, the, if, you look, if you look at the, the totals and the long-term liabilities of uh, Medicare, Social Security, Medi- Medicaid, and, and Medicare Part D, that, that does trump the military. Okay, Thanks but you're looking, at, you're looking at the long-term <laughs> expenses. So let's say – before you go on, before you go on, Lee, you've made, you've made a statement. Let me, let me rebut that. Now, if I've got to buy a car that's worth $200,000, but my, my payments are only 200 bucks a month, and then I spend $2,000 a month at the grocery store, which one am I spending more money on? Well, even short-term. Even short-term, it's more. Uh, for, for Medicare, Social Security, uh, Medicaid, and, and Medi- Medicare Part D. Social Security um, isn't supported by taxes. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be. It's a, are you combining them all for want to compare them against the military? I don't pay for. I, don't, I do not pay Social Security. Well, you're a small, well, a small I mean, government it, it, advocate, yes? Small government? Yes. And yes. how much. I'm just curious, how much do you think military spending should be cut? I. Don't really have an opinion on that at the moment. Really? I mean, I have, I'd no have to opinion. Look at, look at the budget. It's a you lot have of to money. Look at the budget. It's a lot of money, and you're a small government advocate. You have no opinion about how much it should be cut. Right, because I, I don't. We have to first. You have to. It's not the See, this first is why I don't you need to ask. think the you're a small you government advocate. What you want the military to do? The first question you must ask Nothing. is what you want the military to do. Well, what do you, you want it to do then? What, and how much do you think we can cut the military how many spending? Of the, how many of the 131 nations that the military is in now should it remain in? Probably less than ten, in my opinion. Which, uh, in my opinion. So, which ones would you and, like it to stay in? That would be depending on what what the strategic needs were at the time. Look, now, do we I, get I'm to strategize? Not, I'm not, oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you have to be. You have to at least have an understanding of 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 the strategic national interest and the military interest before you can make a an opinion on that. The military's be, interest totally is honest, in blowing people totally up. Honest, I don't have an opinion. On, on that, and certainly that's not something I'd be pushing on bureaucrash. Okay. What I, what I will be promoting on, on bureaucrash is less government, limited government. You and say that, it, it, Lee, but that's what I'm challenging you on. See, this is very relevant to this notion try, that you Let me try another tact on this, Lee. I think that here's another tact. There, uh, the, when, you, when you think about the military, it's, it's half of the budget. Now, I understand you're, you're saying that that's not true, but when you look at the taxes, income taxes, it's, it's half of the money that we're spending right now. And when you look at a peace advocate, let's take Cindy Sheehan, for instance. She would grow the other half of the government, which is social welfare programs and things like that, and cut the heck out of the military. Do you think she's qualified to lead an organization like Bureaucrash? 
it was breaking up a little bit. The question is, does Cindy, Cindy, Cindy Sheehan be in charge of bureaucrats? Right. I, I think that that's that 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 is a very relevant question because the military is half of the federal budget. The military is not half of the federal budget. Let's it's assume. Let's gone. assume in this in it my crazy right world. Now. Let's assume in my crazy world that it is. Okay, so let's assume in a, in a okay, fine. I will assume hypotheticals now. Assuming hypothetically that the military is half of the federal budget, then should Cindy Sheehan be in charge of bureaucrats? I think we're getting into silly season here. I agree. No, I let's think go back to Dale because Dale was trying to make a point. What's ahead, silly is that you keep throwing out rhetoric of liberty, small government, and things like that, but you can't. But you're. Your actual positions do not are not in line with that, and that's why I have issue. That's why I personally take issue with your role as crash range chief of bureaucrash, and I again think this whole no government versus small government debate is completely irrelevant and a straw man when you don't even seem to be a small government advocate other than to throw out the rhetoric of it. You can't. You well, don't seem I, to be able I, to defend totally this position. Honest, totally honest. I I will not be pushing. See, the thing is, you've been focusing a lot on my national policy. Uh, national security views, which I'm certainly not even going to be promoting on bureaucrats. I mean, it seems to be more focused on me directly rather than what what the options that I can bring for bureaucrats in terms of expanding the organization and and uh, doing what I believe, at least in, in part, that uh, Free Talk Live would be would be supportive of. Let me tell you now, why. Yes, in, Let in me part. tell you why it isn't against it isn't about you directly, Lee. It's I do take issue with your positions. There's no doubt about that. But the problem I have with you leading bureaucrats is you keep using liberty rhetoric. You keep using libertarian rhetoric, and you are misleading people about what it means because your personal vi- views are not in line with that and the kind of things that you keep using that that those words i if, if you do stay at bureaucrash i really wish you would at least say it's a conservative organization now not a libertarian one and don't dirty that word if that's not what you're about right clearly it doesn't seem I like you're about crashing any particular bureaucracy if it's the military bureaucracy it doesn't sound like you're interested in crashing that at all you're saying you're small government i'm concerned that uh, somebody's going to interview you lee as the head of the organization so i i believe pete and uh, jason probably did a handful of interviews in in their tenure somebody's going to interview you and they're going to say well what's this all about crashing bureaucracy what do you want to get rid of the military oh no no i would never get rid of the military well do you want to cut the military oh i don't know about that i don't have any answers i mean that's not the I don't want somebody like that representing me. You know, you're not even close to uh, to representing a small, a, a true, even a small government viewpoint. If you don't even have an opinion on whether the military should be out of uh, countries from around the world. I mean, even the founding fathers, who were certainly not small government guys, at least in comparison to Dale and I, uh, even the founding fathers are more small government than you. They didn't want to get involved in other people's uh, conflicts around the world. Well, let me make one clarification. You said that I wouldn't want. Uh uh, our military out of other countries. I clearly said you made a statement there in 100 countries. I said maybe they would be in 10. You asked me which ones. I said I wasn't really sure. I didn't have an opinion on that. Fair but enough. the thing is, I said that they would be taken out of you know the countries that they are. I just want to make an important point though, is that like I said, one, I'm not going to be focusing on on national security issues. But let me turn the tables on you. In terms of if I were to push a a support uh, an idea like school choice. Would that be unacceptable to you because it would be in the confines of a, of a government? Is it backed by taxes? Of course it would be unacceptable. Yes, if you're coercing people, if you're forcing people, if you're threatening people, in that if I don't want to participate, I'm going to get hurt. And that's where I'm going to go next. And we actually do have Dan in New Jersey on the line that wants to talk to you. He's uh, waiting for you. We'll talk to you uh, here in moments. More with Lee. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including... The live streams. We've got a broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Now, SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment that money can buy so your business is handled as efficiently as possible see their banner right at the top of freetalklive.com and coming up later tonight a special message from jason osborne from SACL cai we'll share that with you a little bit uh but we go back to lee doran he is the uh, the brand new crasher in chief uh, of bureau crash an organization that i uh, used to support but now with lee's appointment i can no longer support the organization because lee is not somebody who advocates liberty and i can't support an organization that doesn't have a principled liberty loving person in charge of it and we've just been kind of hashing all of this out with lee he's been a very good sport uh talking to us here over the last uh, almost an hour at this point people have been calling in uh, there are a number of calls on the line and i do want to go to them but first i want to make sure i get a chance to ask one question here mark you've got your hand up go ahead though if you want to interject well, lee i just wanted to uh uh you know point out here that i did look up uh, during the break and i was wrong and i think it's important for a good talk show host to be able to say that when the time comes i was wrong on the uh the federal budget that's uh, allocated towards the military it's between 20 and 25 percent depending on whether you include uh veterans benefits and stuff like that apparently it's closer to 50% on discretionary spending, which I, I did Thank not you, Mark. make clear. I appreciate that. That's what I was referring to. Yep, it, it's, it's clear. It's clear you're right on that, and I, you know, I did not understand that, and so I, I wanted to make it uh, clear on that. So, however, um, since even I would like to point out that though I am a minarchist like yourself, I am a very oh. anti-war one um, because, and that's understandable, and I respect those opinions, and those opinions will be respected on your side. I understand that I have a lot of friends who are not supportive of the Iraq war. And I, I, what I tell them, I mean, the thing that, that I find so funny is that it, people like Ron Paul are the type of people who respect other people's opinions. If you, if you talk to Ron Paul, if you ever watch him actually have a conversation with people with whom he differs, he, he simply just says, well, look, that's, that's your opinion. You know, if they don't, don't agree with the gold standard or they don't agree with certain things, he said, yeah. okay, that's your opinion. But, Lee, and, the difference I is... Be, I will but, not be pushing any of my, you know, geopolitical opinions on, but, on other people in any But the way, difference between you and I, Lee, crash. is you say you respect our opinions, but you would have us thrown in jail if we disagree with your opinions. Uh, not with not with everything. Not, not well, with everything. If that, I decided sure. tomorrow that uh, let's let's say I decide that I don't want to fund uh, the Iraq War, and actually I've already made this decision. But so let's say I uh, withdraw my money from the federal government. I say I'm not interested in your services anymore. I don't want your Social Security. I don't want your IRS. I don't want your uh, whatever the hell nonsense it is you're trying to force down my throat. I'm not interested. I am opting out. Goodbye. I don't want your services. I'm not going to pay for it anymore. What would you have done to me? Well, as of right now, the law, and I, I follow the law. If you want the law changed, then you change the law. I work. I, I no. happen to be somebody who believes in working within the system. Sure, you and are. And if, if that, if that's something, and I know that volunteers don't so, agree with that. So if how, if how, volunteers uh, don't agree with it, that's fine. You brought up a good question. You raised a good question. If I have a problem with the law, I should work through the system to change the law. What is my recourse if I have a problem with the system? 
one is one is political. One is with them. No, that's what the pro- that's the system I have a problem with. I have a problem with well, uh, ganging up on other people to impose your will on them, and that's what I see democracy as. So if I have a problem have, with that system, right. what do I you, do about that? Have, well, you have every right not to support uh, the, the current laws. You have every right to encourage people to do exactly what what you do. Okay. I pers- my personal view is that you should work within the system to to change the law. But if other people on bureaucrats don't believe in that, that's fine. But but if if Dale that. decides he doesn't want to work within the system and decides that he he wants to opt out entirely from the system, you would support him being thrown in a jail cell. Is that right? As of right now, with the tax system that we have, since that is the law, yes. Oh, but but by the way, by the way, did Dale make that cartoon about me? Because that was hilarious. Yes. It was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. Yes, he did. On his web. At anarchyinyourhead.com. So I just wanted to put, you know, make it clear, you have advocated throwing uh, myself and Dale and Mark, uh, perhaps if Mark were to opt out of paying for the war that he doesn't uh, want to support, you, you advocate throwing us all in jail. And so that's why you don't, uh, you don't agree with liberty. You're not even close to, uh, to, uh, to agreeing with liberty. So there's no way that I could possibly support your organization Lee, when he, at this when, point. When, when, he did the com- when he did the comic about me, he made me into a crazy-looking monkey. So that, that actually bad. wasn't no, about that, you, the, Mark. The cartoon actually looked like me, which was the, which was the funny thing. <laughs> yeah, he did. So that, a good job. He looked like the kid from was... the Wonder Years. All right, yeah, go some these... people say the monkey looked like Mark too. Well, we got to get to these calls. <laughs> there are a lot of people that have questions for you. Uh, Lee Doran, the crasher in chief of Bureau Crash, advocate of force, uh, throwing oh, your neighbors in jail. Take the damn call. Let's go to Mike in uh, Michael in Slovakia. Michael, you're what? on Free Talk Live with Lee. Oh, Mike, Michael, thanks. I, I, you're from. I, we've spoken actually in the past week, so I know who, I know who this is. Yeah, hi, Lee. And, uh, Ian, I, I wanted to thank you for taking my call, actually, and, uh, and, and, and pushing relentlessly the stance that, uh, that you've been doing for the last hour. Well, I've been doing it for the last several years, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Matt. Look, uh, to, the, to the listeners, I'm, uh, my name is Mike Gogolsky. I'm a stateless, ex-American, voluntary exile living in Slovakia since 2004. I renounced my American citizenship in 2008 because I was tired of being associated with a massive criminal gang that steals from hundreds of millions of people in order to go out and kill hundreds of millions more. I've also been a member of Bureaucrash since, I don't know, middle of last year at some point. And... I had attracted some attention there and also through my independent blog, nostate.com, by virtue of my principled stances. So, do you have a question for Lee? (laughs) Yes. I have an introduction. One of the first things that happened when Lee came in as the new crasher-in-chief was that my profile was deleted. And the reason he gave later on for deleting it was that A person who renounced his American citizenship, I'm paraphrasing here, couldn't really be an advocate for liberty. Oh, wow. Did you write that, Lee? I'd just like to know how Lee responds He's paraphrasing it a little bit wrong, but I'll let him finish, and then I'll respond. Hopefully, we only got about three minutes left. He did ask you how would you respond to that, so go ahead, Lee. Okay, no, when I first got onto the website on Friday, uh, Friday a week ago, I think I spoke to you on Monday about this. I wrongly so um, removed certain things that I thought would make it impossible to have a grassroots activism movement. One were 9/11 Truth videos. Another one happened to be happened to be Mike, um, who renounced his citizenship, and and I personally thought 
that's going to make it impossible if everyone's renouncing their citizenship and basically getting out of all activism to then be activists. So I was wrong, and I, I put him I put him back after I made that mistake, and I, I told him, explained him what it does. But I didn't say it would be against liberty. I said it would be against any form of activism if immediately you remove yourself from, from all activism. And, read, read, I don't and, see and read, freekane.com about how to be activists without politics. Yeah, I don't see renouncing citizenship as removing oneself from activism. I, I see that Lee's, as activism. I think Lee's learned a lot in the past few days. But I think, yeah, I mean, he's at least honest enough to say he made a mistake. And, uh, Mike, thanks for the call. I appreciate the long-distance call there. 800-259-9231. Still more calls for Lee. If you've got one, dial in. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, 800-259-9231. This is SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free. Freetalklive.com features including updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. You know, I, I hope Mike uh, from Slovakia calls us again sometime when we don't actually have a guest on the line. We can get into uh, to his story. I know he's still out there listening. Uh, because his story is very interesting. I'd, I'd spotted his blog, I think it was nostate.com, uh, where he talks about renouncing citizenship and essentially existing as a stateless person because he did, apparently did not take Slovakian citizenship after he renounced the American citizenship. So he, he lives Sounds in a, interesting. a very interesting uh, realm, if you will, political realm. And of course, uh, I'd like to point out that uh, there is no such thing as a citizen anyway, as Mark Stevens would point out at markstevens.net. That's M-A-R-C, markstevens.net. Uh, and, and Lee Dorian is on the line with us who does believe in citizens. Lee is somebody who is uh, fairly in with the state. He's uh, He describes himself as a small government guy, but it doesn't seem from the questions that uh, Dale asked earlier that he is really that small government at all um, but here he is and he's with us and he's been uh, answering questions to the best of his ability and he's been putting up with us and that uh, we certainly appreciate lee kudos for that well, you, as long, you, as long you as do you have good cartoons of me that's fine <laughs> who knows you may appear you may appear yet again uh, dale's been known to bring back characters uh, more than once so and by the way the cartoon is available at anarchyinyourhead.com it's the current one right dale the one that's up yes, there right now the latest you one you better believe As he does. Sometime tomorrow, probably late tomorrow, there'll be a new comic, so it'll okay. still be there. You'll just have to back up and see. So just, uh, we're going to get back to these calls. People have questions for you, and they've been waiting patiently. Uh, so just real briefly, the, the term citizen, for those that don't know, uh, basically suggests that you owe some sort of duty, uh, some obligation of allegiance in return for an uh, obligation of protection by the government. And, of course, the government has ruled time and time again. The government's Supreme Court has said over and over again they have no obligation to protect you or obligation to provide you with anything. So, therefore, there is no way that uh, even that, that being a citizen could even be possible. And we're obligated by the decisions of people who have been dead for over a century. That's another interesting point. Let's go to Dan, who's been waiting in New Jersey to talk to uh, Lee Doran, the head of the new head of Bureaucrash. Dan, you're on with Lee on Free Talk Live. Dan, are you still there? Oh, I had the phone pot turned down. Sorry. You're there. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm there. Um, yeah, my, my question, um, there's been an awful lot of, of focus um, 
On Bureaucrash Social, uh, for people that might not know, Bureaucrash Social is kind of the social networking site like Facebook or MySpace. Um, and that's where all the Bureaucrash activists kind of get together and, and uh, conspire and uh, talk to one another and bounce ideas off one another and stuff. So there's been a, a lot of, since that's kind of like the face of Bureaucrash that everyone uh, goes to and sees, there's been a lot of kind of focus on that. Um, I guess I'm interested in uh, what what you think um, is going to actually happen with a lot of the bureaucratic activism, um, because I was just going back through uh, some of the bureaucratic archives of, of uh, past projects they've worked on, and like there, there's some of it that it doesn't sound like your principles are going to line up with, um, like the uh, tax slavery sucks um, campaign, and uh, also some of the bureaucratic contraband. Um, like there's a there's a sticker or a magnet of one guy pointing a gun at uh, another guy's head, and under it it says taxes equal violence. And uh, since since your principles don't line up with those ideas, I'm just curious or how what kind of change we're going to see in the kind of activism that that bureaucrats, the organization is doing. Well, let me first address the the contraband and the stuff that you address, the slogans and everything. That that's for uh, pretty much going to be going most of it. In fact, all of it's going to be going back up, uh, to the best of my knowledge. I mean, there might be one or two things that, that won't be. I don't know which ones yet. We have to just look through them. Um, in terms of your taxes equal violence, I've said taxes equal violence. The problem is that most of the people in America don't seem to recognize what what they're actually endorsing when they when they support uh, certain programs. That they are endorsing um, the, the violence, and they just don't fess up to, to what it is that they do. I at least take the step and realize what I'm doing and want to say, this should be never happen. It should be as, as limited as possible if it is. If you're going to have a government funded by taxes, I prefer the fair tax because I believe it's the most voluntary out of all of them. In terms of uh, what the activism on bureaucrats should be, my goal is to keep bureaucrats uh, as it is, but add alternative options for people to get more active in their community, whether it is um, with school choice, even though volunteers, volunteers are, I guess, are totally against school choice, or whether it is I'm showing up. Oh, we just at town think your version isn't ahead. enough. Of no, it. no, no. <laughs> Voluntarists would be for real school choice, which would be free market education. Anyway, well, uh, Dan, if, your response you could, to that? If you could, if you could figure out, if you could figure out a way to overnight uh, get rid of the teachers' unions, that would that would be awesome. Well, we um, could just stop I, paying I taxes. Know, I don't know Lee. how you could how you could kind of get that straight. Here's the here's up. the answer: People find some courage and stop paying taxes to the gang. Then what are they going to do? Okay, if, if that's if that's a route that you want to take, then you're damn then right go for it is. It. You're damn right okay. it is. Dan, go ahead with your well, thoughts. Well, go ahead, Dan. Dan, yeah, are you still the, there? Um, yeah, it's it just. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm certainly uh, still skeptical. I mean, all, all I can say is uh, we'll see what happens, and uh, you know, I I think that um, I think that that the, just like with the Libertarian Party, there's probably going to be a big shift in what bureaucrats is doing. Um, I don't. I just don't. Uh, I just don't see how, you know, Lee is going to be able to lead an organization that's going to, you know, continue having the the kind of uh, message and products that Bureaucrash has had in the past. Um, I mean, right now, you know, there's uh, there's shirts up on Bureaucrash that say "In the Drug War" and uh, you know, anarcho-capitalists well, and stuff like not, that. Wait, let me clarify. I am not. I am not for the drug war. I've never. Been well, you're for, for the you're for the you're for the drug war for some drugs. Oh, right. No, really? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I, I'm for legalizing all drugs. I just, I'm glad that was brought up. Okay, points to you there. I just, but no, I just don't no, 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 no. You want you want the states to be able to make drugs illegal. So you want 50 think, small tyrannies instead of one oh, large boy. tyranny. Is that truly? No, no, no. It, 
if, let me clarify that yeah, because this please. is important. I, I didn't even know that this was a concern. It, my position on drugs is that they should all be legal. If I were living in any state, I would think they should all be legal. I think transition-wise, as uh, Justice Brandeis said, states should be laboratories of experiment where people can prove to people that look, we can go, we can, we can have a society where where we don't have the drugs. Portugal's worked with, for example, with decriminalization. I think that's worked brilliantly. But my personal view is they all should be legal. Milton Friedman had that idea. So did William F. Buckley had that idea. And that's that's my ultimate goal. But I think transition-wise, federalism, I think, solves most of this problem of people's concern of kind of can we bring, how can we best bring the public along to the idea that it does work. Thank you, Dan, and for the call. People to show, to point to certain uh, areas where, look, it is working, I think that's the best way to kind of pull everyone across the finish line of saying this is how we best achieve that. I don't disagree. Might say Some, all or nothing. I'm just, I just look at the practicality enough. of it through federalism. Some of the Good. most sensible things you've said so far tonight, Lee. Let's continue and take more calls here. <laughs> Rich is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on with Lee Doran from Bureau Crash. Well, Rich. speaking of, the, speaking of uh, legalizing drugs, I was watching YouTube last year. This is during the primaries. And there's a, a YouTube of Mitt Romney. Ah, uh, I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Which so one? Go ahead. No, greeting. tell us. Okay. He's meeting and greeting people. This paraplegic comes to him, and this is on camera, and he says, uh, he says, sir, I'm paraphrasing. He says, I have some sort of disease. He names a disease, and I rely on marijuana to live. Would you throw me in jail for smoking marijuana? And no. Mitt, Romney's, Mitt Romney's answer was, I don't believe in medical marijuana. And he turned his back on the guy and went on smiling and shaking hands with other people. And one of the, it may have been the cameraman or, or just a, a guy reporting or something, he, he said, uh, sir, he just asked you a question. Aren't you going to ask his question? And he said, I think I've already answered it. And he just went well, on from there. I think he may have actually said something about um, the artificial marijuana and the guy explained that that doesn't work for him. And then he said, you know, I'm, I'm not for... Well, it sounds like it's you remember marijuana. more than I do. Yeah. The reason I bring this up is because... It was it was a shocking video for me, just to be able to well, watch him do that. Just the callousness, <laughs> the, ru- yeah. the rudeness and the callousness of that man. Right. And a few days ago, I heard Lee say that he voted for Mitt Romney in the primary election. He did say that. Uh, did you have a question for him, Rich? Well, I guess if I were to put that in the form of a question, it would be... Uh, have you changed your mind since then, or what were you thinking? Good question. Lee, we'll let you answer it here in a moment. 800-259-9231. Actually, if you're on the line, we'll do our best to get you. Get to you. If you're not on the line, you probably shouldn't call in, because only moments remain, and we've got lines loaded for Lee. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything, although... We are taking calls for Lee Doran, the head of Bureaucrash. You can bring up Bureaucrash. Crasher in chief. <laughs> uh, when we do have special guests on the line, we do tend to take those calls first. But technically, you still can't call in about anything. And we do have some calls on the line that are unrelated. So we're going to try to burn through these. If you've got a question for Lee Doran, please make it as brief as possible. Uh, and Lee, hopefully, will keep his answers as brief as possible so we can get to as many people in these remaining moments as possible. And it is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com, get a whole list of things that you can do to help get the show on more radio stations, get more Internet listeners on board. Promote.freetalklive.com. 
If you want liberty in your lifetime, don't miss the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival June 25th through the 28th in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Join hundreds of liberty-loving people for a weekend of freedom and fun. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C, porkfest.com. In fact, I've got a special message from Jason Osborne at SACL CAI. As you know, last year... Uh, Free Talk Live is broadcasting live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We'll be broadcasting live this year. And, of course, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL. And Jason is such a huge supporter of Liberty and a huge supporter of Free Talk Live that he came out to the Pork Fest last year and set up the Fun Tent. And the Fun Tent was legendary. Uh, and it's going to be legendary because this year there is no Fun Tent uh, at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. However, uh, Jason has told me that I can announce that during Free Talk Live broadcast times for the amplifiers who hang out during the show, because normally when we do our show, uh, there are some some seats that we'll set, there's some seats set up, and people can come around and gather around and watch the show and chat with one another and hang out and, you know, drink and enjoy one another's company and that sort of thing. And so this year, hanging around the Free Talk Live uh, broadcast area, if you are a Free Talk Live amplifier, will mean you will have access to the SACL CAI, for lack of a better term, fun bar. I'm not sure if he's come up with a name for, for what he's doing yet, but it will only be available to Free Talk Live amplifiers. We, we need some kind of term for like this mobile unit that will be really high-tech and cool, and we need an acronym or something. I'll leave that up to you, Dale. I'll work uh, on it. You can figure that out or yeah, work with Jason. But uh, So Jason will be there, and there will be alcohol provided during Free Talk Live only to Free Talk Live amplifiers. So very cool. I really appreciate him doing that. I know it was something he was talking about last year after the fun tent because there were some people that came into the fun tent and kind of took advantage of the fun tent. I mean, he he paid for the beer and the the alcohol and he didn't have it, he didn't complain about it, but uh, I think he wanted to reward the people that support the things he supports instead of just having anybody show up and getting free alcohol. So you do have to be a free talk live amplifier. I don't think we figured out how we're going to check that. Maybe it will print out a database or something like that and find, make sure that you're to cross check basically to make sure you are who you claim to be. Uh, but basically, you're going to get free alcohol if you're an amplifier at Porkfest. All right, so we move on here and take your calls. Uh, we've got Lee Doran on the line. He is the crasher-in-chief, the new crasher-in-chief. Uh, much controversy surrounding his appointment at Bureau Crash. I am talking about pulling my membership from Bureau Crash on Monday. Uh, if he's not removed because I can't support an organization, I can't promote an organization that isn't act- actively promoting a true pro-liberty position, and uh, it's, it's not going to be that way under Lee's tenure. So we bring him back on to answer your questions. Because you've got them, so let's talk to. Or actually, wait, you didn't get to answer Rich's question earlier. He'd asked yeah, you because I want to answer the how you feel about, Mitt, about Romney. Mitt Romney. I, I don't being a jerk. I, the fact that I, that first of all, Beer Crash will not be promoting any candidate's name in any shape or form. So I'm not speaking for Beer Crash when I say this. Um, the, the only reason why I voted for Mitt Romney because I thought he was the best of the bad alternatives at the time. Um, you thought Ron, Ron Paul, Paul was a bad was alternative? Lot. What? You thought Ron Paul was a bad alternative? I I did I didn't personally uh, think that I thought Ron Paul could serve the country better as a representative, and I didn't think he would be a very good wow. uh, president in terms of you, in terms of the roles of the executive. You're branch. even losing I, minarchists at this point. I mean, at this point, by uh, <laughs> by eschewing Ron Paul, you are basically uh, you're going to alienate your minarchist supporters. My, well, my whole point was that I I didn't think minarchists were with him anyway. But apparently, okay. Now they have even well, less well, reason to, to be. And, with and the thing, and the thing is, is that let me let me. Talk, I'm, I'm not going to defend Mitt Romney. I mean, I thought his health care plan was crappy. I thought a lot of his ideas were crappy. I just thought at the time, you know, look, the way I vote is very is sometimes not in is, is certainly very often in conflict with, with my views. And the only way to get someone that perfectly agrees with me is for me to actually run for office. And so un, until I run for office, I'm not going to be you know the I, the people who 
our politicians that I, I do choose to vote for are very often not going to stand for all the policy positions that I, that I stand for. I certainly stood for uh, Ron Paul's economic positions over essentially everyone, and if it was my first choice, um, I would have preferred uh, Fred Thompson over over uh, Mitt Romney. Fred Thompson, Fred, Fred Thompson didn't advocate shutting down the Federal Reserve. No, he no he did not. Uh, he did not. Support Do you? Shutting down I, I'm the glad that you acknowledge that representative government is impossible. But, uh, I read Money Mischief by Milton Friedman, and I'm not very sure. I think we have to discuss what particular uh, metallic standards we're going to use before we go ahead and, and do something like that. Well, I don't think we it, need to do anything. I think that uh, shutting down the Federal Reserve would be the way to go and let the marketplace take well, care well, of it. Well, Mises even disagreed with Hayek on, on, on that issue on yep. what you do at that point. And so I think that if, you know, if Ron Paul wants to push the gold standard, I think he needs to explain to people that there are different types of metallic standards and exactly what the trade-off are and the means that, that this would be done because I wasn't Paul asking about Ron Paul, of, Lee. How about what? you? Do you want to shut down the Federal Reserve? Not yet. What, what, um, when I, I when do I you want think... to shut down the Federal Reserve? What? When do you want to sh- uh, shut down the Federal Reserve? When it's it, when it's shown and it's almost close to that point. I mean, I've read uh, Thomas Wood's huh? uh, meltdown and, and everything, and um, I've read Rothbard's case against the Fed. I, I think that we're close to the point where it's going to create just create endless inflation for the you know the sole purpose of of funding the government without the means of telling people through fiscal means that they're going to tax people. And when it gets to that point that that's the sole purpose of what the Fed's uh, going to do. Uh, so you so I you've no objection not- to the fact that they just print money out of thin air, backed by nothing, no problems there. Oh, of course I do. It's, it's almost unprecedented uh, since, you know, it, for all of history, essentially, you had at least some, you know, the, the fiat money was only... But in no rush. You're in no rush to actually get rid of them. Okay, let's continue here and talk to Mike in Wis- uh Wait, excuse me. Uh, yeah, let's go to Mike in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Mike, Wisconsin? Hey guys, this, this um, isn't in relation to uh, the current interview, um, but I called last night uh, talking about the health care. Tell you um, what, we're going to have to put you back on hold. It's a real crappy cell phone. We'll, uh, we'll do our best to get back to you. I apologize for that. Let's go quickly to Zach Fix. Uh, for, Zach, are you still involved in Bureaucrash, or are you formerly a Bureaucrash at this point? Um, I am still technically registered on the site, but I'm encouraging everyone to take a step back and resign now, because this whole thing isn't Lee's fault. I'm waiting till Monday. I said I was going to do it Monday. I figured I'd give him a week to uh, to figure this out. Some people are saying wait a month. I say a month is way too long. Zach, you're saying resign now. I'll be making right. a public announcement on Monday night show as to uh, if I have resigned. And the only thing that's going to stop me from resigning is if Lee all of a sudden discovers what Liberty's all about and embraces it, or if they. I think replace he's taken him. some steps down that road in the last week. I don't. I don't. Maybe. But I don't know. He's been. He's it's cer- not about Lee. Um, CEI has said you know they hired this guy. They knew what he was about. This is them saying this is where they want to take Bureaucrash, and mm. they own the Bureaucrash brand. Well, I don't expect them to do anything. Yeah. Pardon? I said I don't expect CEI to change anything, so I, expect to fu- I fully expect to be resigning uh, my membership on Monday. Right. So that's why Jason, Pete, and I um, have stepped back, and we're um, exploring other options. You know, a lot of people on Bureaucrash Social have started a group and promoting a group to – encourage me to, or CEI to select me as Crasher-in-Chief. And I want to make it known to all of those people and all of the, all your listeners that given the job offer right now, I'm not trying to take uh, Lee's job. I don't want it um, because CEI doesn't love liberty and wants to turn bureaucrats into something it isn't, that, the young sir- Republican. That certainly seems like a reasonable and t- thing to come, the conclusion to come to based on what they're doing. I mean, 
Um, I wish you, you know, the best again, of luck. It's, it's Lee? A, you know, Lee, you're not Lee. Look, I'm not. You're not a bad person. I just don't think. You know, I just. You know, I I think that I think you've really hit the nail on the head, Zach. I mean, this is the direction Bureaucrash is going to take. It's not going to end Bureaucrash. Bureaucrash is just going to be something else. It's going to be something that's been done in many times before Lee? a conservative organization. Zach, right. thanks. Thank you, Zach, for the call, and thank you for the clarification. And I guess the good news is that if you're not going to be the president of Bureaucrash, you might be able to move to New Hampshire sooner. Hmm. Hopefully. Thanks, hmm. Zach. We appreciate it. All right, Lee, uh, you've got about uh, 30 seconds. Get some, some final thoughts in here. And Mark, I think, has one quick question. Yeah, so. I just, I, I well, just well, want to go to the question first because then I can have Okay, go ahead, Mark. My quick. question is, uh, so, so Lee, uh, there are, what, 200 people out of the 3,000 or so on the Bureaucrash uh, social site that uh, are standing against you being Crasher-in-Chief. How are you going to handle that going into the future? Very easily. I mean, within one day, I gave a YouTube shout out for my How the World Works channel, and I already have you know a hundred friends in, in under you know 24 hours of people who you know know who know who I am, know that I stand for liberty, and are very supportive of me. And a lot of the people on, on except you don't you stand help. for liberty. Let That's him, what we've determined here. You okay, got about 20 you seconds, Lee. Let him finish. We don't have you time know. for it. You got 20 seconds to give your final thoughts, whatever those are. Go ahead. Okay, I'll give my final thoughts. My, my final thoughts are, is I, you can tell by my willingness to come on the phone and willingness to talk to people that I do have a leadership ability and I, I can offer more options to people uh, than what they currently had in the promotion of liberty. And I encourage people to at least uh, be patient and allow bureaucrats to do what it's always done, which is the promotion of liberty. You may not agree with all my personal views. But I hope you'll come in and join Bureaucrash and share. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate your time tonight. Uh, I, for one, will be resigning Bureaucrash on Monday. We'll see you. uh, See you. FreeTalkLive.com. Okay, it's a special bonus podcast interview edition of Free Talk Live, and we've got a special guest with us. Mark, who's on the line tonight? Uh, We've got uh, Craig Smith from uh, Swiss America. He is. You know, they're, they're one of their financial experts over there that'll uh, give us uh, kind of the the heads up on what's going on with gold. Uh, Swiss America is a relatively new advertiser with Free Talk Live, and I think they've got a great product over there, and they they deliver it quite well. And Craig had expressed an interest in talking about this particular news item that had come across on Bloomberg. Craig, it's uh, the topic here is dump dollars before the central banks do. Yeah, it seems to be the talk across the uh, the world right now, Mark. That who would have ever thought that we would we would come to a day in America where the most powerful reserve currency of the world was being looked at by international banks as almost a stain on their economic future. I don't and know. I think it's it's amazing to me that the world reserve currency has managed that they've managed to uh, I guess put it into hock up this up to this point. But that's pretty much what what's happened. Well, yeah, and I look, we we really have nobody to blame but ourselves. I mean, we're in the process of spending $1.8 trillion next year, more than we're going to bring in in revenues, which is going to give us an extremely large deficit. And as you guys know, with basic math, that if, if, you're, if you're spending more than you're making, you either have to start spending less, make more money, or borrow the money, or go bankrupt. Yeah, well, I agree. I agree with that part, uh, Craig. That that's obvious economics. However, those guys up in Washington D.C. they're doing it. <laughs> I didn't vote well, for any of them, and I don't accept what they're doing. But they're doing it, and it's they're going to bankrupt this great nation. Right. Well, unfortunately, I did vote for some of them that did it. I, I voted for George Bush, uh, who Oops. started the process along with Hank Paulson, 
and now President Obama and his administration are going to continue the process. And I think it's a, a very deleterious process to the future of the U.S. dollar. And that's why you're seeing major countries like China, who are the largest holder of U.S. dollars in the world, yep. short of the United States of America, are calling upon the International Monetary Fund for special drawing rights that will be made up in yen, euro, British pound, German marks, etc., and possibly even have the yuan in there as one of the acceptable currencies. And before people dismiss this type of discussion as just hyperbole and it will never happen, might I remind your listeners that nobody ever thought the British Empire would lose its preeminence as the world's reserve currency in the 19th century. When in the 20th century, after the Second World War, they, have, they had accumulated so much debt, the United States dollar became the preeminent currency of the world. So to think it can't happen to America, I think, would be rather foolish on our behalf. Yep. And we have to be very, very careful because a collapsing U.S. dollar affects all 300 million of us. You know, I recently was watching a, uh, a, a history, uh, the History Channel, a documentary on the rise and the fall of the, the Roman Empire. And in the fourth and fifth centuries, the people living in Rome, they just couldn't believe that their empire, which had existed for so long, could possibly crumble beneath them. Even though, if you looked at it, all the evidence was pointing that way, they couldn't see the evidence. The evidence was obscured from their their uh, you know their, their picture their. View view of the world simply because they, you know, they didn't want to look at it. Well, and you're absolutely correct. History has proven that not only for the Roman Empire, but let's look at the Byzantine Empire, the Ottoman Empire, or, or more common or more recent terms, the, the former Soviet Union. I mean, who would have ever thought they would have been referred to as the Commonwealth of Independent States just a couple decades later? Yeah. So and this whole... I was I was talking to my wife about the, uh, the the Soviet Union thing, and you know, one day there was a Soviet Union, and the next day it was falling apart. The, their politicians didn't know it was going to happen. The world didn't sure. know it was going to happen. It happened in the blink of an eye, and it was over. Well, and that's where I think there's a fatal flaw in the too big to fail theory. You know, we have this tendency to believe that certain institutions are too big to fail. We must keep them going. Yep. And we think that certain nations are too big to fail, so they'll just continue to operate because of their size. Nothing yep. could be further from the truth. Now, anybody that, that believes that is not a, I mean, not, not even the most basic student of history. Right, and or the basic student of e economics, because obviously yeah. the, pol the politicians are spending us into bankruptcy. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah, and, and I think the thing that frustrates most Americans, guys, let's just do a quick chronological look just over the last you know, year and a half. 71% of the American people said, no, we do not want to see the Troubled Asset Relief Program put into place where $750 billion would be allocated of your taxpayer money to bail out banks Tarp. and insurance companies and automakers, and we can go on and on now. And yet the, the American representatives, or I shouldn't even call them that, the elected representatives in Washington, D.C., almost unanimously voted to institute the TARP. Yep. Totally ignored the will of the American people. Then after Mr. Obama became president, 70, uh, 72% of the American people said, no, we don't want a $787 billion stimulus package. Once again, they were ignored. Your president, Our President Obama signed it into law. And next thing you know, the will of the people was thwarted again. 
Most recently, Monday of this week, General Motors was put into bankruptcy where Barack Obama committed $30 billion additional taxpayer dollars after the poll showed, the Zogby poll showed, 69% of the American people said not one more penny to General Motors. Let them go bankrupt. I mean, guys, it's... It's amazing how the leadership is so out of touch with the people, and that's why I believe that's a terrible formula. I think the world understands that now. That's why I think you have such nervousness on behalf of the international banks. Well, that's the, thing, that, that's the thing there, Craig, is they're in touch with the people that they need to be in touch with, the international <laughs> banks. <laughs> Those are the people that they want to be in touch with. Those are the people that have the money. and that's They're not know, my leaders, every, by the way. Everything is working exactly according to plan. I don't it's know about- just not our plan. I don't know about you, Craig, but I wouldn't follow those guys anywhere. <laughs> well, well but, but let me tell you something. I, I think the international banks are even concerned about what the current administration is doing, yeah. guys. And, 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 and I think we, we, we can't dismiss that. While I'm not a big fan of the international banks, I think they're concerned that Barack Obama is, is running ripshot, if you will, that he's not accountable to anybody, including them. And if you look at the – look, all this money that the, the Fed – expanded their balance sheet to $2.2 trillion, was supposed to go into the economy. It didn't. Through the terms of quantitative easing, we put the money into the banks. The banks are scared to death to lend it to the public. Where did it end up? In the stock market, propelling us up 37% from the lows of March 9th. Mm. I mean, what we have going on on Wall Street is not being seen on Main Street. And so, once again, your taxpayer dollars went into Wall Street to satisfy Wall Street to make them more money. That money should be lent to the people so that we can create jobs, so that we can and re-stimulate our economy. Our president is not doing that, guys. And that's why I think it's incumbent upon every American now to recognize that they, the individuals, are going to be responsible for their financial futures because the American politicians and the current leadership in D.C. are willing to flush our future down the drain, and we have to take steps to make sure they can't affect us individually. I agree. I entirely agree. Um, so well, I don't think our listeners ever expected to be taken care of uh, by the federal <laughs> government, but they certainly are, are open to uh, you know suggestions as to what they can do to help insulate themselves from all this. Yeah, I, I, obviously, we we on this show we talk about <laughs> my advice to people is buy gold and silver uh, with the, you know the extra money you've got. Uh, take money out of your you, you should have at the very least in normal times you should have twenty uh, percent of your uh, you know, your retirement money in gold or silver, and I prefer the idea of keeping it close to me that's my preference but right. are these times different than normal times i mean how much no i think i think that they're that's a pretty standard thing right i traditionally have always told people five ten percent but i think recently twenty percent or twenty five percent is probably a more normal position to take in gold because in the past guys you normally would get an inflation hedge off your home if inflation started running and the value of the dollar dropped, your home would go up. But unfortunately, your home is dropping right now. Yeah. I mean, think about it. This battle of deflation, inflation. Yes, everything you own is deflating in value. Everything it costs you to live is inflating in value. Yeah. That's the worst of both worlds. So that's why I would increase to 25% of my gold holdings right now. But in the case of IRAs or 401ks, you're really held hostage unless you're willing to pay, pay, take a tax penalty. And we don't suggest you do that, but there are ways now to put gold and silver in IRAs, and we can show you how to do that at the firm. I also highly recommend that people 
be well diversified. They should have a portion in stocks, a portion in bonds, a portion in cash, a portion in gold, some in real estate. They need to be well diversified here right now. And and I think that to put all your money in gold or all your money in real estate or all your money in the stock market would be a foolish uh, a strategy going forward. Well, b- before and, you go on, Craig, please answer me uh, this: What could go wrong with gold and silver right now over the next uh, over the next year? I just, you know, I, <laughs> I, I guess yeah, I don't think much could. I don't think it I could mean, either. I mean, I, I mean, if you if if you like the worst case scenario from a technical standpoint, forget fundamentals for for a minute, because you know, if tomorrow Israel you know, nuked Iran, it would, the fundamentals would change, obviously. Yeah. But strictly from a technical standpoint, gold could retrace all the way back to $825 an ounce. I doubt it will because fundamentals will keep that from occurring with what's going on with the dollar. But if you just look at charts, you could make the argument that gold could come all the way back to 825, which I would welcome. I'd right. love to buy more gold at eight and a quarter. <laughs> Craig, if it did go back to 825, I mean, it's only knocking on the door of a thousand right now, right? That's correct. I think that and people, that tr- if, if people got to compare their 401k, um, you know, a year ago to where it is now, and then they compared gold for, at a thousand to eight twenty nine. I mean, they would love to have those kind of drops in their 401k, but they're you're, they're looking more at fifty percent than twenty percent. Oh, you're absolutely correct. We we hear that every day from our clients, especially clients that took our advice in two thousand when we gave a full blown buy signal for every form of gold, not just what we specialize in, but bullion, ETFs, everything. Um, so, so you're right. That Most people are delighted that they diversified into gold. I see gold somewhere between 1150 and 1200 by the end of this year, somewhere around 1600 to 1800 in 2010. But then it's going to be a question of what happens, whether we have to borrow money or excuse me, if we can, if we are able to borrow the money to satisfy these deficit needs. If not, the Fed is going to have to monetize, and that's why I never thought I'd live long enough to say this, guys. But some of these calls for twenty-five hundred to three thousand dollar gold are very, very legitimate calls. If we monetize this debt, look, look, the D- world define is- monetized debt. Monetizing is basically printing money, creating money to pay your bills. Okay. Um, you know, we aren't we doing we do that? Have- I mean, didn't the Federal Reserve, uh, about the time the TARP was done, didn't they interject something like $1.3 trillion into the, the marketplace, um, you know, under the cover of this uh, TARP thing that, you know, when everybody was worried about Congress voting for, a, a, you know, <clears throat> the TARP, didn't they interject right. 1.3 mil? Well, we, we don't Trillion. know because it's, it's not being disclosed, and Bloomberg okay. is is uh, suing under the Freedom of Information Act to find that out. But basic math would say we know they've at least created a trillion dollars because you've spent almost all the $750 billion in the TARP, and we had a $280 billion deficit. So, I mean, clearly we've spent a trillion dollars. But he, he, here's my belief, guys, and I, look, I'm not much of a conspiratorialist. I only deal with what I can can document. Same here. But I do have a I do ha- I do have a belief that I don't believe anything the federal government says until they categorically deny it. <laughs> the they deny it. The minute that they deny it, I believe it. You know, perfect example is let me say this one time: I did not have sex with that woman, Monica Lewinsky. Complete denial. We knew it was true. Read okay. my lips. No new taxes. Exactly. <laughs> the, the, the Federal Reserve this week in front of Congress, Ben Bernanke said, quote, we will not monetize this debt. 
Oh, it's a done deal. A week, be- a week <laughs> before, Secretary of the Treasury Timothy Geithner in China said, we will not monetize the debt. Excuse me, Monday of this week. We will not. I'm getting, mm. losing track of my time. The, the, the point is, is that they have said they're not going to monetize, so you know now they are. Yeah, we are screwed. And, wow. Great observation. Well, and I, well and, I, and, and, I, and I wrote my reporting called The Incredible Shrinking Dollar and How to Fight Back just for this reason, because now that we know the game plan of the Fed, it's simple to protect against. Against it. And, and anybody that's listening to Free Talk Live today, if they call our offices at 800-289-2646, mention that you're listening to Ian and Mark uh, on, on the podcast, we'll send you a complimentary comp- copy of The Incredible Shrinking Dollar and How to Fight Back. You see, there's simp- you know, guys, it's like anything. Tonight, the NBA playoffs are going to start. If the Lakers know the Orlando game plan, they're going to beat them, or vice versa. Yeah. We know what the Fed and the Treasury is going to do. There's a way to not only protect yourself, but to make money in this, but you have to take action pretty quickly. That's great. What was the what? number again, and how can they get in touch? 800-289-2646. Just call that number. You know, we'll probably be closed by the time this podcast is heard, but just leave your name and phone number and somebody will call you back and we'll make sure to get you a complimentary copy out or we'll show you how to get it on our website. Is it a DVD or is it a book? No, it's actually a white paper that I wrote. What I basically did is, I don't know how many pages it is, maybe it's 10 pages or so. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did the domino effect of a weak dollar, how a weak dollar hurts America. Uh, the asset of first resort in the case of a weakening dollar substance versus symbolism, gold's bull market, and what we see in the next phase, and how to fight back by paying off your debt. You know, there's going to be some debt, believe it or not, guys, that doesn't make sense to pay off right now if the dollar is going to drop in value. Right. Because think about it. If you can borrow a dollar today and pay it off with dollars that are worth 50 cents in the future, you're buying things 50 cents on the dollar. Right. Imagine if you have a 30-year fixed mortgage and we suddenly go into hyperinflation like they did in in, uh, Zimbabwe or wherever, and and maybe it wouldn't be as bad, but, you know, imagine that. And then they're printing out, uh, you know, on a bill the amount of your uh, mortgage, and that's what you're getting paid for hourly wage. I mean, this is happening in Zimbabwe. I think they've got trillion-dollar bills or or something like that, some incredible number. Yeah, and, and, and let's be realistic. Zimbabwe's economic dynamics are substantially different than that of the United States. Yes. So I think the the the, the comparisons that are made are not are, are not applicable. But I can tell you this: that we we will surpass the inflation rates we saw of the Carter years. I mean, those are I big. lived through those. I lived through those years, and, and I can tell you that you know, fourteen percent inflation was a real number. Look, gasoline is headed back to – oil's headed well over $100, back to $100 a barrel because we see the weakening of the dollar. If, As you saw the dollar strengthen in our financial crisis, you saw oil go all the way back to $30 a barrel. I mean, look at where gasoline prices went. Look at where food prices went. Now that the dollar's weakening again, food is on the rise. Healthcare is on the rise. Gasoline's on the rise. Guys, this is such a simple equation. We have had since 1971 – a dropping dollar. I mean, if you look at it on a chart, that's what you'll see. 1913. And, be- <laughs> and 
Pardon me? 1913. But they, well, it, it's well, dropped actually, even worse actually, in 71. Actually, the acceleration started in 71 yes, when it did. closed the gold window. Sure. But, but, but here, here's the point. For 38 years, we have been able to watch the patterns of what occurs when the dollar strengthens what happens in commodities and real estate and so on and so forth, when the dollar weakens what happens in commodities and real estate. We now have if you will, the matrix of which we can plug our finances into and come up with a game plan to fight it. That's, that's the best part about this. See, so many people are so doom and gloom. I'm excited about America because I know how to position my family. I know how to position my finances and my retirement. To, hey, people forget during the Great Depression there were breadlines, but there were also trillion billionaires that were created. Well, not billionaires. That's an exaggeration. Multimillionaires were created. Because people know Today, what to do. there'll be billionaires and trillionaires created. Yep. Good stuff. And, you know, you, your family can, even if you're not saving for retirement, um, you can still, you still need to be saving every week uh, just for, because you don't know what's going to happen. And there's, right. there's no guarantee. Living paycheck to paycheck makes you a slave to the man. And uh, there's, uh, so, so you need to be putting stuff away. Putting, putting money away is great, but if you're putting away dollars, you're just leaving money out there for Bernanke to steal. So yeah. you, what well, you need and, to do... And, 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 you're, and you're correct, and let me tell you something. You just said something that's so important, because the, the Middle East is no different than the average American. They drill a hole in the ground, they produce oil, they sell it, they get American dollars, and they don't want to sit on them thinking that they're going to be worth less that they can put them in Bernanke's pocket to steal from them by printing more. Right. And that's why the United Arab Emirates are, are diversifying out of dollars. That's why the Chinese have increased their gold purchases by 75% since 2003. That's why you have special drawing rights being talked about at the IMF. The world is preparing, guys. And you know what's interesting? If you travel overseas and you read the foreign papers – Everybody overseas is talking about this. There's only one place that's not being talked about. Right that's here. in the American newspapers. Yeah. Wow. Good stuff, Craig. I really appreciate you. Give us that number real, real quick again and uh, uh, tell our listeners what the offer is, please. It's 800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. When you speak to the person, just tell them you'd like a complimentary copy of The Incredible Shrinking Dollar and how to fight back. We start with analysis of the, of the U.S. dollar since 1915, two years after the Federal Reserve. We show you how it accelerated in 71 to today. But more importantly, we don't try and scare you. We educate you, and we give you a game plan. And I'm convinced, guys, if you have a game plan, regardless of what we face going forward, yeah, you might, it might not be perfect, but you're going to be able to sleep at night and know your retirement's safe. Yeah, I can say one thing categorically, that if you're under the age of 45 years old, you will never see one dime of Social Security by the time you retire. I, I can say that categorically. Wow. Our, entitlement, our entitlement programs are getting ready to change and change in a radical way because nobody wants to address the problems that are inherent. And I, when I say entitlement, most, most people get infuriated because they say, I paid the money in. Yes, you paid it in and your government wasted it. Yeah, it's uh, gone. Okay. They didn't put it in a lockbox or a trust fund. They paid bills with it, for Pete's sakes. And the bottom line is, unless we extend it... See, people forget that in the case of Social Security, we put it in a place when, when life expectancy was 60 or 58 years old. Then we had to extend it to 62, then 65. Uh, now it's 67. And now we're talking about, hey, do you know if, if we just extended Social Security benefits to 71, starting in 71, we could solve this problem in a matter of 10 years. You know Why? Most people don't live 
I would think average age now is 75. So, so, so the point is that the government, look, the government can mess up a one-piece puzzle, guys. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, they're not going to take the simple solutions to these problems. And that being said, there's certain things that are going to change. But if you have a game plan and you've prepared for it, forget about Social Security. You'll have plenty of your own money to take care of it. Yeah, That's what I'd needs take, to be the case. I'd take that 15% that uh, I'd be paying in Social Security and turn that into gold and silver. That's a good I think. Yeah, but, good hey, solution. let me tell you something. If we everybody, – everybody beat George Bush up on this one, and, and, I, and I was very supportive of this, and the Democrats demagogued this into the ground. But if they had listened to partially privatizing Social Security in the first few years of the Bush administration, we would now have Social Security very secure. However, Social Security now is expected to run out of money. The, the new numbers now that we've saw a 34% drop in revenues at the IRS is now going to run out of money in 2016. And I don't know, you know how many of your people know basic fourth grade math, but that's seven years from now. Jeez. Uh, I mean, I mean, we are we are going to technically be bankrupt, meaning we're going to be paying out more by 2016 than we're bringing in in revenues. You, you, it started off with, with 30 workers for every one recipient. Right now we're down to three workers per one recipient. Soon it's going to two workers per one recipient. And it just the math doesn't work, guys. You can't Absolutely. maintain that. Of course, as you uh, as you've been saying, we, you mean the, the U.S. federal government, because I myself don't participate in Social Security. I Me know either. better. So, right. yeah. well, and, that, and that's smart that you're able to do that. Most people, unfortunately, have a paycheck that comes from a, you know, from a big corporation sure. yep. and they take it out and they match your FICA and you're, you're really held hostage to yep. it. But, you know, guys, I appreciate you doing programs like this because I'm firmly convinced of one thing, that if Americans are educated and they're given the information, we the people can fix these problems. I mean, if the average American was to shut that stupid boob tube off for a couple hours a week and just read some basic information, they'd be able to prepare themselves for the future. I'm very confident about the future of America. I'm confident that the politicians are going to screw it up. We're going to see how worthless they are, and Americans are going to get back into the business of being involved in their country instead of worrying about who won American Idol every week. Thanks for that, Craig. I hope thanks, so. uh, thanks for coming on the show. Go ahead and plug the phone number one more time, and we've got to go. 800-289-2646. Thanks, Craig. Have a great night. Thank you very much. Good being with you. Good night.